Blog Talk Radio. Hey, Chiefs Kingdom, you gotta fight for your right! <laughs> And now, from the IMLD Home Studios, in its 11th season, you are listening to, in much less detail, the podcast, where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. Now your host, Jay and Ray. Hello, hello, good evening. You are listening live to In Much Less Detail, the podcast. We are here with you live on a Saturday night, December the 9th, 2023. I'm Dre, he's Jay. We are happy to be talking to America. I'm talking to America here. I don't know how well I'm being heard talking to America because I was trying the same new microphone that I had last week that messed us up at the beginning and just totally wrecked the beginning of the show. But uh, Jay is here. We've chatted very briefly before the show started. So he's here. I'm here. We are both being heard. I just don't know how well or not well I'm being heard. I won't know that until after the show is over. But either way, Jay, you say I sound good enough. I can hear you. You're speaking clearly. It's not breaking up. It's way better than what we went through last week. Uh, you know, and I went back and when I listened to the show, it cut out a little bit of the dead air at the beginning. But once I started talking, it really kept going from there because it probably figured, oh, hey, there's somebody on the show. And then we kind of muddled through the beginning. But it ended up being a good show. And uh, you sound good. I can hear I can hear you. But yeah, we're going to have to go back and listen to um the show after everything has gone into the podcast form and, and hear if the audio levels are you know even between the two of us uh otherwise right. i can talk you through how to boost your microphone uh-huh. that might be what needs to be done i'm trying uh, a brand new mic that does not have its own headphone jacks so therefore i'm using the headphones in the computer but the problem is this these headphones that i'm using in the computer has its own microphone so i I'm, I'm afraid that I might be just doing the show on the mic. Uh, it's clear. <laughs> I mean, it's clear, and you're not hearing double. I'm definitely not hearing double. I just don't hear myself in the headphones, which kind of scares me. But uh, everything seems okay. Uh, our one listener uh, messaged me on Facebook and said that we sound great so far. So once again, thanks to our tech oh, staff. Your well, mother. how about that? See? <laughs> our tech, that's our tech support. Uh, that's right. Tech support, tech support has got the, the vid. So... Uh, so Stat Girl has checked in and let us know that yeah. I sound decent enough. So that's that's good yeah. enough. That's right. Uh, no, that, yeah, no, no, no. The the mom is my mom has uh, got COVID right now. So oh no, she's oh. listening from home, far far away from us and my kids. Oh, I'm very sorry to hear that. Uh, boy, that thing just will not go away. It, it dies down every year when the weather gets good, and then as soon as school starts back up, everything else comes, the flu comes back, COVID comes back, everything comes back around again. So really sucks to hear that. Well, that's uh, it's been going on for, uh, I'm guessing, for millennia. 
Uh, yeah, in some way, shape, or form. Yes. <laughs> we'll never, we will never defeat viruses and colds and flus and, um, and, and never have complete domain over those things is, is what I would figure. Unfortunately, that is, that is true. All right, we'll get off of that and go to the football. That's what you're here for. You're here for the football party. You're here to hear us recap week 13 and get you ready for week 14. <laughs> Already going on week 14 in the NFL, and yet longest season ever tied with last year is week 18 still to go. Usually we, we're looking at 17 on the horizon. We're like, okay, four more weeks, got to just chug through. Nope. Five more weeks. We're going into January. Still aren't done. Still got regular season. We're still doing buys this week. There's two teams that still haven't done their buys yet. Uh, and then for some reason, the NFL decided to schedule another Monday night doubleheader this week, just just for shits and giggles. So uh, all of that is upcoming. Uh, week 13 recap. Jay is the victor for week 13. He got seven victories to my five. Uh, putting him within six for the season. He is at 87 and 99, and I am at 93 and 93. I just keep staying right there, near or around 500, or right at 500 now. Once again, uh, we hit the double lock, so we're very happy about that. We both locked up the Lions, and that was looking excellent in the they, first five minutes of yeah. the game, and then it got a little hairy. You know, we had it the whole time. <laughs> Uh-huh. No, no sweat. Never a doubt. No sweat at all. I, Never I a doubt. So I, I, I told you I was giving you the perfect opportunity to lock up the Dolphins, Yeah. but then you decided to take Washington. Uh, see, not, not only was I not going to lock the Dolphins, I was trying to be smart and, and go counterculture and take the skins with the points, and oh, did that not work out. So, uh, it was funny because uh, I even said that the score would look just like the score against Dallas, and it was almost identical. Right. Uh, one one of three games that you got over me last week, so uh, not not my week. So you at uh, seven and six get the honors uh, to tell us all about the awards. You know how we do it by now. Week thirteen, our best, our worst, our dumbest, our smartest, and our what the fucks and everything else in between. Uh, so with that, Jay, it's up to you. Tell us who or what was the best out of week thirteen in the NFL. Who do we think you were? Who was? Or who I am. Yeah. Who do you think you are? I am. It made about as well, much sense as, as what Pete Weber did. Yeah, I you know, there's no there's no getting around it. There's no being pithy or trying to, you know, come up with the sneaky one. It was the San Francisco forty ers We we were uh talking about them being a odd favorite going into Philly, a ten and one team. And here come the Niners as a road favorite, an eight and three team, going into the NFC champions home as a road favorite, and it felt like a trap. Like Vegas was begging you, begging you, please take the Eagles. I didn't fall for it, and the Niners that they whatever billboard material that gave the Eagles, it was nowhere even close to being enough because they went in and that was an absolute domination. Um, that team now over the last few games, just they look team. I picked to go to the Super Bowl and win it. Uh, they looked outstanding in, in just beating the hell out of the Eagles. They completely locked up that running game. Um, Jalen hurts ends up being their leading rusher for the Eagles. And he only piled up 20 yards. 
that's not good. Um, everybody else after Jalen, everybody else not named Jalen Hurts, totaled 26 yards rushing, and six of those were Marcus Mariota in mop-up time. So, uh, yeah, uh, Brock, Brock Purdy again, 314 yards and four touchdowns, uh, lighting it up through the air. Christian McCaffrey getting it done on the ground. Uh, that this Kyle Shanahan mad genius evil scientist offense with all the pieces in place looks extremely uh, formidable. And the Eagles, after skating by for a couple of games in questionable fashion, uh, yeah, they ran into a buzzsaw. Uh, that they did. Uh, Forty-six yards rushing as a team—that's about a hundred less than I thought the Phillies uh, were going to get. Uh, I know they're the Eagles, but I call them the Phillies. Uh, that that was that was domination. I I don't know how that leaves the Eagles feeling afterwards because they they had all those big games and tough opponents and they just kept finding a way to win. And this one not not even close, not even close. Uh, the Niners came into that game killing it in yards per play and upped it. It went up. They were already killing everybody. Uh, in that particular stat, and and, and open it up even more. Uh, I mean, they kind of started slow, but they ramped it up with these long clock-bleeding drives, uh, and the offense and the defense, uh, by the time it was over, they they were the best. They they went into the Eagles' house, and they had the best team, best offense, best defense, best special team, best everything. Uh, so, you know, had tip to the 49ers, just an incredible uh, display. I've got a couple of awards uh, around that game. Um that I'll get to uh, as the proceedings go on, but I didn't count that as my best. Um, not, I, I don't think I was trying to be a little too clever, uh, but I didn't count that. I counted something else that you've already mentioned and talked about. I, I, the, the fish finally, uh, and for two weeks oh, in a yeah. row now, but especially in this one, the fish were traveling. The fish can travel. That's the best to me for week 13. Cause we didn't know. I've been waiting for this. Uh, this bonkers Miami well, offense that's just been putting it together say, at home. You didn't know. Uh, yeah. Well, I was waiting. I was waiting for you know yeah. even more definitive proof than that Jets game on Black Friday because that was the Jets. That the Jets are a mess, uh, and and the skins aren't too much better. But I still was skeptical, and I wanted to have reason to think that they could compete in the playoffs on the road. Uh, I, I'm buying in now. I, I wasn't necessarily, but now I'm definitely, I know you said that the Washington pass coverage might've been the worst in the league and Miami was happy to take advantage of you. You might've been completely correct about that. They were awful, uh, terrible pick by Sam Howell to Andrew Van Ginkle in the middle of that game. Uh, but Miami being the, uh, a team that can do it on the road. Uh, that's the best to me. Tua goes for 280 and two scores, both to Tyreek Hill, who got himself wide open over oh, and over again. Yeah, those <laughs> those two long ones that he got were, I mean, that's just what Washington's been giving up all year. That oh, was, my goodness. Yeah. I, I'm glad I started Tyreek in DFS. And you were saying you have to start Tyreek Hill in DFS against you Washington. You have to start everybody, everybody. plays against Washington in DFS. You said it. You said it. <laughs> So I can't argue with that at all. Uh, so Tyree uh, plays with a buck fifty-seven. Uh, he's looking for two thousand, and he might get it. I, I, I said it. I said he might get half. He got half of the half, <laughs> but he got a lot. Uh-huh. Okay, 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 okay. Hang on. Somebody wants to say Uh-oh. hello. Okay. Hello. Hi. Hi. 
Hey, how's, how's your week been, buddy? Good. Bye bye. That's good. Oh, okay. bye. Good night, buddy. Night, Pokey Grant. <laughs> oh, okay, I heard him come down the stairs. He tries to sneak mm-hmm. up on me now, but I lean my ba- my chair back so I can see the stairs because he likes to step over the gate so I yep. don't hear it sh- yet. So close the gate, buddy. <laughs> Dog running around down here. Right. Okay. Sorry. I told you. I was, let- I was letting you finish because he was bugging me the whole time you were talking. <laughs> No, he's a he's a showman. He knows how to get in, get out. Just don't waste any time. Just say, "How you doing? Good. Okay, bye." He's he's done. It's, he made his appearance. So yeah, cute factor two got his got his hit in. Um, but yeah, uh, Tyree going for two uh, K. Like you said, he got halfway to half to to two K. Uh, he's backing up everything that he's talking about, and the Dolphins backed it up. Uh, 123 rushing yards on top of the uh, the, the receiving. I want Miami to not be a, a home field only lab creation, and that's why I named them my best uh, of week 13 because yep. I think that's very important when the playoffs come. I, I don't want them to just be, oh, uh, we put up 70 on a on an NFL team early in the year, but that was at home, and everyone knows we're on the road. It's this. Uh, we're not going to be competitive. I want them to be competitive. I want them to, to be dominant, and I want them to look somewhere near as good as they look when they're at home, and they hadn't done it as far as I'm concerned, and now two weeks in a row they have, so that's my best. No, I think everything for Miami. Now, yes, you are correct. They hadn't really shown it on the road, but they're going to need road wins if they want to secure that number one seed, and right now they're on track. They are the number one seed as of right now. Um, if you know, so if they can hang on to that, that um, nobody is going to want to go play them in their building. But right. I mean, if if you're Miami and you're not the one seed, and it ends up being Baltimore or KC, um, I would have a hard time picking them on the road in those spots. But in Miami, that they need that home field. Yeah, I guess that's my point. Is there's no way in hell I was going to pick them in those spots before the last couple of weeks. And at least now I think there's a chance they can, they can do something on the road. They can resemble the team that they are at home at least. Well, they can beat the hell out of a terrible team on the road. We at least know that. Yes. But I didn't even know that much before. I didn't know. Maybe you did, but I didn't know that much. I just, I was, I was so out on Washington's pasty. Uh, that that's oh, that's really that wasn't even all. Wow, it's Miami. It was that that Washington secondary given up how many big plays they've given up uh, over twenty yard passes, over forty yard passes, reckless abandon uh, with Washington giving that stuff up, and they proved it again. I vote award for them later, so don't worry. <laughs> uh, so your worst of week. <laughs> I'm going to reference back to a previous show when we did our week eight recap, um, saying that it was going to be really hard to dethrone that Jets-Giants game for worst of the year. Well, (laughs) we've got us a contender. Um, (laughs) Chargers-Pats might get all that found footage loaded onto the missile that we're going to launch into the sun, that Giants-Jets game footage uh that quote-unquote game was one of the worst uh i've seen 
And have we ever seen a team give up six as and, and not be able to cover the five and a half underdog line? <laughs> oh, I, per, the most perfect spread ever created in Vegas, maybe. It might be. The, Man, the Chargers are five and a half point favorites and win six to nothing. Um, wow, that's that's <laughs> awesome. That's impressive. That, that I mean, for both of us, that's one hell of a bad beat. First of all, uh, also got to give some of this to the coaching in game because let you know, seven minutes, eight minutes left to go in the game. You've got goat coach passing up field goals. In a six-point game, it, it made no sense to me um, what they were doing. And wouldn't you know they have the ball? They have more possessions late in Chargers territory where, boy, it would, sure would have been a lot more manageable if you only needed three instead mm-hmm. of that elusive touchdown that you just never could get. So uh, go coach uh, against the balls of Staley, tried the balls of Staley, it didn't work. And it ugh. What an awful game. No, six to nothing on its own is just really bad, but nobody really did anything. It wasn't like it was a, that wasn't a six to nothing great defensive effort. That was just six to nothing of completely bad football. Yeah. That's all it was. Just awful football, both sides. Uh, Bailey Zappy. <laughs> I have to, I have to not have Thursday night in my mind after what he goes out and does on Thursday night um, that we just had, because he goes out and throws like three touchdowns. No, in that game, 141 yards passing. uh, They're effective on the ground until Ramondre Stevenson, he gets hurt. Uh, That kind of changes things for them a little bit. The Chargers, their running game is just gone. It's a complete ghost. Uh, They're getting nothing from Austin Eckler. At this point, uh, he just does not seem – he seems to have completely lost a step. Herbert played, eh, just, just, a, just a bad football game. Launch it into the sun with Giants-Jets. Yeah, it, it was uh... – Boy, howdy. Oh, it was, you said we would regret the pick. Either way, no matter who we picked. Right. We both made the same pick, and yes, we regretted it. We regretted it. No matter which way we went. Chargers had 241 yards of offense and won. That's pitiful. That's absolutely pitiful. Uh, Pats are the uh, first team since the 1930s to lose three straight games while allowing 10 points or less in each of those games. That's that's impressive. That's hard to do. Uh, I don't know how. Bill Belichick hasn't just said, I, I've got how many rings? I don't need this. It just right. like <laughs> There's no reason for him to stick around. I, I don't know what's keeping him, but uh, I guess kudos for him to, for, for staying on this job. Did you see the awkward handshake after the game in the in the locker room? Uh, Bailey Zappi, uh, try, uh, no, this wasn't after Thursday. This was, yeah, this was... I might be confused. Are you getting your Patriots games confused? Yeah, yeah, I am. Was this after they beat uh, the Steelers? Is this next week's show? Are we doing next week's show? We are. Okay. Uh, you said I sounded tired in this because I'm tired. Uh, 
So yeah, no, yeah, that's that's next week's show. This week uh, is, is talking about week thirteen, which I, I could just go on about that game because we're gonna be half kumbaya because that was uh, part of my worst of week thirteen as well. It was the two games that must have felt like bamboo sticks under the fingernails of anybody watching either one of them: Chargers, Patriots, and Falcons, Jets. Mm. Both of them. Mm. Were the worst. I, I know it was yeah. bad weather out there. Yeah, but, but Falcons games, just had more than triple the points. <laughs> it was still terrible. It was, it was an still offensive terrible. explosion compared <laughs> to Chargers Patriots. Compared to six nothing, which is a bad baseball game. Never, never mind football. Uh, no, they were they were both shit fest. Both those games were terrible. Yes. Um, if it was sunny and seventy degrees, it wouldn't have changed anything. It wasn't about the weather. It was just bad football, like you said. Um, do you know how terrible you have to be for a game against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs that was scheduled for Monday night football to get flexed out? They flexed out Patriots Chiefs out of Monday night football. That's how terrible the Patriots are playing yeah. right now. Uh, that's that's just awful. And, and the Falcons and Jets games, Jets had six drives in that game go for six yards or less. Six different drives. That's terrible. Truly terrible football. Uh, Atlanta just barely hangs on uh, in that one. Now Zach Wilson, what is reportedly begging out of getting another start. Like they said, okay, this is awful and we're going to install you as a starter again. And he initially reportedly said, I don't think I want to start again. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, that is, that's how bad your team is. That this well, guy doesn't even want another opportunity. That game completely encapsulates, again, just how bad you have to feel for these teams like the Jets and the Browns who are going out there and just leaving it all out there on defense. The Jets at home, where they've been stellar on defense, give up 13 and and lose. Not enough. And, and 13, they didn't give up 13. They had no chance. Right. Atlanta was never up big in this game, and they. But it felt like they were, and that's how right. that's how the Jets bad the never Jets offense was. Mm-hmm. Right. They, they win by five, but it feels like they won by four touchdowns because in no world were the Jets going to get that five. Right. At no the, time the Jets, was Tim Boyle leading the comeback victory. No. no. The Jets <laughs> get. And Tim Boyle has now been cut. He's yes. gone. Um, the Jets get a safety and, and two field goals. That's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awful, awful, awful football for anybody who had to watch. Right. Now, uh, I mean, for... good for the Falcons. They went on the road. They won the game. They beat a tough defense. They, they Again, I, I said this when we made the pick. These are the games that Arthur Smith, he just loves these games. Um, every game that Atlanta seems to play is close, um, even when they shouldn't be. And then this one was was close, but kind of wasn't. Like yeah, said, no, they, five. Yeah, it felt like a blowout. It was a five point blowout, blowout and basically. they covered. So we mm-hmm. both came out on the right side of that. Yes, absolutely. Uh, would Arthur Smith be your smartest of uh, of week thirteen? I doubt no, it. It's funny that my smartest of the week comes from that game. Oh, but I'm going to the other side. It's, it's I'm giving my smartest of the week, and this is a rare one. I'm giving this to Zach Wilson. <laughs> who actually cooler heads prevailed because yes word comes out you know Tim Boyle's getting let go and they had thrown Zach Wilson completely under the bus right they busted him down to third string 
behind Trevor Simeon, behind Tim Boyle. You're not our guy. And then turns out, well, we're worse with with the, with, with with Tim Boyle and, and Trevor Simeon. So uh, Zach, you want to come back? And, and for a moment, he was letting that ego come up and say, no, no, no. <laughs> No, screw you guys. I'm not coming back, you know. But, and this is the reason why it's smart, is he's clearly not their future, but he has got to play for his future right now. And he's got four or five games. There's really nobody challenging him. He's going to get the reps. He's going to get the play time. Son, if you if you want a future in the NFL, you better go do something these next few games and, and play for you. I mean, we're, don't worry about the Jets. Don't worry about anything. Play for you. Bet on you right now because this might be it. So manning up, playing as the starter was smart, and, and it was the right thing to do. I'm giving Zach Wilson smartest of the week. Okay. No, that that's definitely true. If he wants any job uh, in the NFL in the future, uh, even if it's just holding a clipboard, you can't sit there and go, yeah, no, yeah. I don't feel like playing anymore. No, you anymore. can't just take your ball and go home. No, can't can't do that. Um, unless you're just plan- planning to go to the XFL and, and not planning to uh, you know play uh, professional anymore, you know NFL level. Uh, so yeah, I, I see why that's the smartest. Um, I'll give uh, Kyle Shanahan and the uh, Niners uh, my award here. I didn't give them for the best, but I will ah. give them for the smartest. Uh, because they came into the Philly game just killing it uh, in yards per play. Somehow they upped it, like I said. Um, they, they ramped up the uh, domination with long clock-killing drives. They put the Eagles on the defensive. They made it where Jalen Hurts was going to have to lead them back with an aerial display, and that's just not his game. He's he's great when he's methodical and able to lead the, uh, the offense at his own pace, but when he's got to press it and ramp it up, uh, he's not so great, and he and he did actually make some plays in this game and and tried to answer the explosive plays of the Niners, and the Niners just exploded right back and and you know took the took control of the game anyway. Uh, the smartest uh, to me is Kyle Shanahan exploiting the Eagles' weakness uh, to take full control, which is uh, in the middle uh, in the middle of that defense uh, where their linebackers would be, but they they spent so much capital and so much time building up the defensive line addressing their previous weakness, which is their run D, which is now a strength um, and trying to get veterans on the back end in the secondary, they kind of neglected the, uh, the linebacker core in the middle. And that's where you can exploit them. And I think Debo Samuel exploited them very nicely. And I think Christian McCaffrey exploited them very nicely uh, in the middle of that D Uh, very explosive plays. Uh, The blocking superb as always for the Niners, just an A plus game plan by the coaching staff uh, for the 49ers. Uh, like I said, Philly had some answers in the second half, um, and San Francisco backed them right back, uh, doing what they're supposed to do, right over the middle, Debo catching slants and just flying through the middle, up the up the seam, to the end zone, untouched, uh, just tremendous plays. Uh, never doubted Kyle Shanahan's coaching ability, never doubted the 49ers basically was picking the Eagles because they've been pulling these miracle wins out at home all season over really good teams. And I said, yeah, why yeah. not? Why not one more time? Um, and the Niners said, no, <laughs> not, not to us. You no, can that, everybody else. That old magic us. pixie dust that the Eagles were using, uh, they ran out. Mm-hmm. 
Finally ran out. Yep. So good on the Niners. Uh, leads to your dumbest uh, of week 13. It's, I like how we keep segueing <laughs> off of each game into our next yeah. one. No! Uh, David Carr, man. <laughs> what, are, what are you doing? Uh, David Carr, NFL Network, quote unquote, analyst. Uh, basically kicks the hornet's nest this week and starts up the whole conversation all over the socials, all over TV, and basically this week-long sort of firestorm around Jalen Hurts because David Carr says that Marcus Mariota should be starting over Jalen Hurts because he thinks right now he gives them the best chance to win. That might not just be dumbest of the week. That might be the dumbest thing I've ever heard from hot from take. an analyst. That that's not even a hot take. That that's not <laughs> that's not any that's not for cold pizza or first the Negro. That that is that is just saying stuff to say stuff. I mean that's not even Colin Cowherd dumb. Um, <laughs> maybe or maybe Skip Bayless. I don't I was know. About but to say, is it Skip Bayless? Dumb? Maybe that's pretty much the next level there. Maybe, but. It, in no world is Marcus Mariota a more viable starting option than, than Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts could have two ruptured ACLs and still be a better starting quarterback than Marcus Mariota. We, we've been, we've seen that show. We've had that experience. And no, uh, just keep your mouth shut. Um, and then, of course, you get all the naysayers because the Eagles got so dominated by Philly. Like, oh, we've got the blueprint now. And it's, it's, just shut up. Jalen Hurts, the Eagles, they lost the game. They're 10-2. They're two. two L's is not really a blueprint. Ugh. Oh, Jalen Hurts, he's washed. Come, come on. <laughs> Marcus Mariota? Uh, give him credit for this. He pulled out a take that nobody else had. At least he was unique because nobody's yeah. saying that. That's right up there with the, you know, Justin Fields should be watching more Tyson Bajan film. <laughs> it's that. Nobody was saying that either. No. Uh, and we remember that one because it was so outrageous. <laughs> and, yeah, when I well, I understand it's a 24-7 news cycle and all these different shows and all these former players, and you've got to get yourself – well, good job, David Carr. You got yourself some talking points and some headlines – and the majority of them were, wow, you're an idiot. <laughs> and guess what? That's how you keep your name alive and make more money. Because when's the last time you mentioned David Carr's name on this show? Never. <laughs> yeah? I um, mean, maybe back, I don't even know, was he even in the league when we started doing this show? Probably not. He was in and out so quick. I'm thinking, you know, the first thing I'm thinking when I heard that was, uh, bro got sacked too many times. <laughs> Yeah, that that, that may be true as well. Yeah, I mean, is this the CTE talking here or something? (laughs) Maybe you need to be, uh, you know, what was that? uh, Like Hayden Hurst? Was that Hayden Hurst who had the? the, Oh yeah, yeah. David Carr needs a little bit of that post concussion syndrome. He he may not play again. Well, no, it wasn't just that. It was the uh, amnesia. Well, David Carr needs himself a little bit of that amnesia right now. Uh, we we Although all need amnesia from hearing my that. My mom sent me that news story about Hayden Hurst, oh, about yeah. how he had the amnesia, and my response back to her was, I'd want to forget if I played for the Panthers, too. 
Oh, man. Uh, hey, hey! Yeah. I, I was going to mention Hey Nurse when the game previews came up just because of the fact that they continue to put him on the injury report and, and you know, declare him out. And I'm like, he's he might not play football Wait, again. his return is questionable. <laughs> his head is rolling down the street. Yeah. He has no idea what his name I'm, is. I'm, I'm pretty sure things. I just heard from Melissa Stark down on the sideline that his return is questionable. Teresa Thompson has reported. Yes. And his return is questionable. She also says that Taylor Swift told her that Travis Kelsey is a terrible lover and his dick is small. She she said that. So it must oh. be true. Uh, my dumbest. Uh, that was. Uh, yeah, I, I I'm I'm gonna repeat. I don't I don't give a fuck that it's two weeks in a row. David Tepper is still my dumbest of the week because uh, that Carolina game. A lot of stupid football out there, but he's still head and shoulders above for stupidest for firing Frank Reich after 11 damn games. Um, Tampa's only play, and we talked about it, go deep to Mike Evans. Good enough. Good enough for the win over Carolina, despite Chubba Hubba. Uh, the, the coaching change doesn't stop Bryce Young from a game-sealing INT. It, it's, it's still a stupid thing that David Tepper did. Uh, he might get this every week until the Panthers win. Cause that, cause what are you doing? How do you hire a brand-new coach and a brand-new staff for a rookie quarterback and then get rid of him after 11 games? I still don't understand. <laughs> You're just not going to let this one go. I'm not. I'm, I'm, it's, it's just so stupid. So he, that's my second. <laughs> uh, congrats. Right? The, the, the Panthers they covered. Covered, uh, covered the They covered spread. the yeah. number. Yeah. Uh, it's still by half a point. I'm sorry, it's still my stupidest. So yeah, uh, yeah I'm I'm not one. letting that go. Yeah, yes, we did. Uh, all right, I'll get off of the Panthers and move on from there to uh, your surprise. What surprised you in uh, in week thirteen? It, it was tempting. Hey, to what give... happened? Yeah, what happened? I'll tell you. All right, I was tempted to give this award for worst of the week on the other side until I realized that. Really, it was more of the surprise that allowed it to happen and didn't look into the numbers enough or realize that, wow, Jake Browning went off yeah, against the Jaguars. And that wasn't just the Jaguars letting down. This young man comes in and goes 32 for 37 for 354 yards. That. That's not a lucky day. That's a really good game of football. And Cincinnati, I'm sorry, came in there with a great game plan. They grounded out on the ground. Uh, they got Browning going. I mean, absolute, absolutely lit up that Jaguars defense. And again, the Jags at home, no home field advantage. We, you and I are texting each other about that. In reference to in, in reference to previous comments that we've made on this show, that that is the worst home field advantage in the National Football League, and they they showed it again, and and Cincinnati came in there with with no reason, and thought they had no chance to win, and they lit those guys up, and Jake Browning had a huge part to do with that. Only has five incompletions on the day, that surprised the hell out of me. What the hell's going on out here? I concur. (laughs) Nothing doing for the Bengals in the first quarter. 31 points the next three quarters, and they finish off the upset uh, in overtime. Where where did that come from? What the hell? Uh, Jake Browning goes blow for blow with Trevor Lawrence and out punches him, uh, one could argue. 
Uh, you you said the numbers, 32 of 37 for, th- for 354. Zach Taylor and Brian Callahan, uh, they had some tricks up their sleeves. Some worked, some failed miserably, but in the end, they won the game. And, and I think it was like a rope-a-dope uh, a little bit with, with Jake Browning because they had him throw short and shitty the first couple of drives. I mean, really, he was, he was setting yeah. some Drew Brees records for, for eight-dot. Like, they were <laughs> – some first wait, couple wait, of drives like he Bears? was doing – oh. Oh, a couple against the Vikings? <laughs> right, just not going downfield at all. And then all of a sudden, all right, let's call some shot plays. And the Jags didn't anticipate at all. Because they were putting like 10 in the box. They had like one right. safety sitting back there, and everybody else was sitting up. And, and uh, you know, third and one in, in the third quarter was the ultimate because that should have been a run. So, of course, there's a 73-yard bomb uh, touchdown to Jamar Chase. Of course. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. Uh, that, that's that, an that awful was, lot of confidence in your young quarterback. Yeah, uh, good for I, him. I, yeah, that was great coaching. I think they set the Jags up. They set that defense. They didn't have a clue any of that was coming, and you could tell. You could they tell set by us the coverages because we were we were <laughs> yeah. both on the wrong side of that one. Big time. Yep, had Jags uh, given nine and a half, and uh, they they found a way to lose the game altogether. So. Yeah, good job by the by the Bengals. Definitely a, a big surprise for for both of us. We were both on that one. Uh, let's see if we agree on letdown. What let you down in week thirteen? Uh, this one, you know, we it, it's another injury, and for a team that I, I don't, you and I are definitely not uh, fans of this team, but I think we've been fans of the situation, and we are big C.J. Stroud fans. And to have Tank Dell break his leg mm. in in pretty meaningless fashion on basically a, just a goal line push play up the middle not 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 the tush push but it was uh, you know just a, a running back right up the right up the gut for a touchdown and you get your little and he's not a big guy and, and right. he's in there uh, in the scrum trying to help block on this touchdown and gets uh, gets his leg snapped. And I don't know who the Broncos defender was. If you saw on the replay on the close-up, who's basically grinding his elbow into his broken leg while he's laying no. on the ground, writhing in pain. That's another uh, another great uh, Bronco defensive play. Uh, <laughs> that did not get talked about much, but you can pull the tape. And if you see the, the shot from the end zone angle, you can see Tank Dell trying to push this guy off of him because he's on his broken leg grinding his elbow into it while Tank Dell's laying on the ground. Now, I, I, obviously, the guy probably didn't know that Tank Dell had a yeah. broken leg, and he's probably just, you know, just give him a little bit of the business, but ouch. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that that to me is another, in a season of horrible injuries and, and momentum-changing injuries like this, um, I'm appreciating what the Texans are doing, but now they lose one of their biggest weapons and, and one of their brightest spots. Um, for, for C.J. Stroud in the passing game, and that let me down. That is a big letdown. They they lose Tank Dell for the for the year, even though they prevail over Denver. Um, yeah, there's been a lot of injuries. There's been more injuries to big-time players this year, yeah. uh, especially the quarterbacks, of course. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I saw the list this week of uh, all these head-to-head crap, head-to-head quarterbacks. It's like half the games. It is terrible. The, the first, the, the 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 afternoon slate, the first part of the schedule this week, is brutal for for some of these matchups. Absolutely brutal. 
Um, and, and it's resulted in me having some crazy ass picks. I'll spoil that already. And some of the, some of my picks aren't going to make any damn sense. So take that uh, for what well, you might will. be on board together there. <laughs> uh, so definitely a, a letdown losing Tank Dell. Um, so that leaves it to me for the letdown. I thought you were going to go here because this is usually your domain, but the officiating Sunday night. Oh. That that, that kind of ruined the experience, you know. It's it's a, the biggest win of Jordan Love's career. It's the biggest W of all these kid wide receivers' lives. It's huge win for the Packers. They beat Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and uh, everyone after the game. What what are they talking about? Yeah, the late hit on Mahomes who was clearly in bounds. Uh, that terrible call. The Marquez Valdez Scantley PI that uh, wasn't called despite him wearing Carrington Valentine like a cheap necktie that should have been uh, PI yeah. the hell. The only thing the I will give that the only thing I'll give the Packers DB credit for on that was that at least he was going for the ball while choking him out. Sure, okay. Well, he was just writing. You know, he was just writing. He was just writing MVS. You know, like a pony. Yeah, one arm was was. Still, was choking them to death like they're in an MMA yeah. fight. But the other was going for the ball. i he wasn't like just doing the lasso going, hee-haw! You know, like, right. <laughs> yeah. No. So, uh, well, you can and, just and, get this out of the way since you're talking about it. Because this was my dad yell. <laughs> okay. Um, the game 7271. I'm specifically going to talk, just the last two minutes of that game left me mm-hmm. saying exactly that. <laughs> Your favorite, the, the Hail Mary. Kelsey and everybody else on the Chiefs just got shoved out of the way. Everyone. You know what, though? They never call it, so that's they fine. They never call that. Because <laughs> I've seen it happen where the receiver has just mm-hmm. shoved the dude out of the way. <laughs> we had one happen not that long ago. Where it was this year, but it was the last couple of years where the receiver just pushed the defender completely out of the play. Yeah. And caught the Hail Mary. So I, I, that one doesn't bother me. What bothers me is that the refs just felt the need that they just had to insert themselves and take over the the last two minutes of that game. And I don't know why. I don't know what was like, who, was, did they need to help somebody or not help somebody? But you can't make the story in a game that was that exciting. I actually had a chance. I could have gone to that game, but we didn't. Um, you know, in a game that was that exciting and close, and you and I both were on the Packers in that one, and then they really played well. Jordan Love played excellent. Like you said, that should, yeah. all, that should have all been the story. And no, the story's just about the horrible uh, call on the Packers, to, you know, for the unnecessary roughness on Mahomes, which wasn't. And it was shades of the one last year. You know, was that against uh, Cincinnati, which kind of was, you know, where the guy did hit him out of bounds, where this time it's not as anywhere near the close. And it's on, it's on the border, but it's inbounds. But he's clearly inbounds. And it wasn't a headshot. It wasn't, you know, leading with the helmet. It was basically like a shoulder check, hip check. And, and he's going for the marker. So he going, has to hit him like right. that to so keep him from getting the first him. down. Right. Because, you know, what happens if you ease up. He puts a juke on you, and he take, goes for another 20. And then you get cut. Um, so, yeah. Right. Or the kid tries to let up and, you know, blows his ACLs or his Achilles out. Right. Um, 
So yeah, clean play, completely flagged. Then you get the the you know the chuck it deep and, and yeah that the Packers DB just yeah wearing wearing MVS like a cheap suit and that doesn't get called it, yeah it, just the whole thing so that's all they talked about the next day they didn't talk about the Packers they didn't talk about the great win they didn't talk about the fact that they'd be in the playoffs right now Green Bay would and nope none of that all we talk about nope. is the rest and it's getting old right that, that's not that shouldn't have been a story at all. Um, Playoffs. And, and the one thing that uh, Twitter or X is still good for is checking sort of immediately in the moment to see what's the discourse going to be. So that's how I knew uh, nobody was talking about the Packers. Nobody was talking about Jordan Love's uh, performance and his decision to play fearless and go for big plays and it worked for the upset. And, nope, all about the officials. So I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, boys, that'll be one of those days. And What are we doing the- to fix the officiating? I right. will say – I don't have an award for this. I, for a moment, just want to pat myself on the back. If the season ended right now, which it's it's not, all seven of my NFC playoff teams that I had would be in. Wow, okay. Which is pretty wild because I had the Vikings, the Packers, you know, at all the wild cards. I don't have them all in the right order as far as division winners and wild cards, but all seven right now would be in. I don't think it's going to end that way, but... <laughs> Hey, for 13 weeks, I'm pretty happy with that. Sure. I, I just assume mine isn't anywhere that good. I haven't looked, so I don't I, – I My AFC is near. not as strong, but my yeah. NFC is looking tight right now. Um, <laughs> but NFC is also less muddled, I think, than the NFC. I mean, the right. AFC, because the AFC is a mess. Uh, the AFC is definitely uh, uh, going to be a crazy finish because I don't know. I, I I can see some scenarios, but there but there's also e- easy to see some of those teams that I think are going to rise up over the next few weeks and assert themselves. It's also easy to, to see them choking and falling down and right. letting some uh, other teams yeah. come in. We got a lot of that six and six, seven and five, right. that that bottom of the you know playoff chase. Uh, that, that that's got to start to like separate itself. Although we're going to have, we will have at least have these teams aren't good, but we'll have an exciting finish. And I guess the NFL would rather have exciting games that matter and have more teams playing for something than actual good football. Cause we've got a lot of one and not enough of the other right now. Uh, and a lot of uh, injuries are ha- having a lot to do with this as well. A lot yeah. of these teams that if they had their, if they had their damn quarterback, like Joe Burrow, of, but hey, but look at yeah. Jake Browning. For one night. For one, one night. night. He, he did his best Joe Burrow impersonation, so so good on him. But yeah, uh, so we knocked out two awards with the last two minutes of that Packers Chiefs game. We did. It was, a very frust- it was a very frustrating watch after such a good football game. Yeah, a bit of a smudge on a, on a good W for the Pack. Yeah. When you get all the, uh, the zebra shenanigans. Uh, so that leaves you. The only thing that you have is Joe. Struggling. Uh, I said I was still going to talk about it, but, man, that Washington defense. Yeah. That's going to get Chico fired. That, that's it. I mean, yep. you are not going to survive this because when I was just sitting there and I'm watching Red Zone and – when they every time they would cut away to Miami and Miami's got the ball at their own thirty and they're cutting away, 
They're not in the red zone, which is what they usually would show you. So if you're cutting away to a team that's at their own 30, something big's about to happen. And they kept cutting to Washington. And yeah. Washington and to Miami on Washington's defense, they they were cutting to them a lot. Um, yeah. And that was oh, another chunk. bomb. Yeah, oh my God, there's Tyreek going for another 70-yard touchdown. Jeez. Oh, there's a 60-yard touchdown. Yeah. I mean, I, I said it's become um, almost a joke because it, in, in the DFS, like on the podcast I listen to, and just knowing the game, uh, you, you just want to load up on whatever team Washington is playing. Uh, you want to load up on the receivers going up against Washington. It's just that simple. They're not playing this week, so I don't know what to do. Yeah, you guys have to go somewhere else. You can't pick on the team Manderskins this week. <sighs> it's okay. For for one week, I'm just going to have to man up and you know actually research other things. But <laughs> man, it was just such an automatic all season. <sighs> I should have seen it coming. <laughs> Yeah, but they uh, Washington's uh, Washington's back end is struggling. <laughs> yes, they are. Um, I, I think we've both uh, talked about them and put them down enough, so we'll get off of that subject. Uh, for for my struggling, struggling, and a wild one, the uh, Titans put up twenty eight points and three hundred and eighty one yards net offense and <laughs> lost. Yeah, they're great. And nobody struggled more than former. I, let me make sure I get that accurate. Uh, he was the special teams coordinator. He is now the former special teams coordinator for the Titans, Craig Aukerman, uh, who awkwardly got let go uh, right after this performance. Tennessee had another W in Nashville. They had it, except special teams gagged everywhere. They had a blocked punt for a touchdown. They had another punt that doesn't get – uh, called a block because it was such a steal from the punter that they, it wasn't necessarily a punt. Therefore, he, they don't call it a block punt. They just stole the damn thing away from uh, the, the punter, Ryan Stonehouse, who had his leg blowed up on the play. So he's not only gets the ball taken from him, but then he gets his, his knee disintegrated. Uh, the Isn't it amazing, that the, though, that you touch, if the punter gets the ball away and the wind blows, it's a foul. But if you can get your finger on the ball, you could like knife the dude, and it's not a penalty. <laughs> That's right. You can just kill him, so long as it's blocked. Well, it's just you like passing interference. Yeah, that football coming off his foot, you block it. Whatever. You could, you know, go out there and just, you know, suplex the guy. I think you're Brock Lesnar. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's like pass interference. If the D lineman happens to tip the ball on his way there, tip you ball, can take matter. the wide receiver yeah. and absolutely bury him. Pull out the gun, start blowing your way down the field <laughs> like at the beginning of the last Boy Scout, man. <laughs> that murder in midfield is legal because the ball was tipped. The ball was down. tipped. <laughs> so Ryan Stonehouse gets blowed up. That wasn't even a, a tip ball. I was just give me that. I'm just taking this ball before you can even punt it. Uh, so the Colts turned that into points, a missed PAT by the yep. uh, by the Titans because Ryan Stonehouse is the normal holder on PATs, but now yeah. he's hurt. So the new holder, you may have heard of him. His name is Ryan Tannehill. Turns the laces in, and Nick Folk jacks his very first extra point of the season because Ryan Tannehill didn't oh. know how to turn the laces away. Laces out. Everybody knows, laces out, come on now. Even those of us who didn't watch Ace Ventura. 
So that's 11 points. But you haven't uh, seen Ace Ventura? Oh, my God. I, no, I did. That's how I know about oh, it. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so you know who didn't. Yeah, I did. That, that one, I, I saw that in the theater for some reason. I don't know what Whoa. I was doing, but yeah, stunning. Uh, so that's 11 points uh, affected in a game that was tied at the end of regulation. So that's just a complete L on the special teams, on the Titans. That's why the guy got uh, canned afterwards. You, you got to win that game. Uh, I'm not extra bitter because I lost money on it, but I did lose money on it. Oh, no, uh, and you lost that pick to me. And I lost the pick. And I, that was the Titans' last chance at a division that's now wide open because they didn't know it at the time. But the next night, the best team in the division got their quarterback's leg bent in several different places. Uh, so they, they had a chance to, to make a rally. That, that's over they, now. The, the Titans I mean, they, okay, they had a chance. I had them winning the division, but there was no way I thought that they were going to jump ahead of Houston and Indy. They had a chance, though. At least sure. they had a chance. You're saying there's a chance. No. Um, saying there's a chance. <laughs> yeah. Jim Carrey night on the podcast, apparently. Uh, but yeah, that that was definitely uh, the struggling. So Craig Aukerman, uh sorry, uh, go go find some other position, uh, go sell cars or something, because you are not going to be a special teams coach after that performance. Well, especially to have that many blunders on yeah. just one facet of the game in a game that you lose in overtime. In an and extremely that, winnable game. Uh, I believe the Titans got the overtime field goal. And turn around and, and, and then the Colts uh, just go right down the field and get the touchdown and win the game yeah. anyways. They pulled the Buffalo Bills. They did. That's the way the Bills lose, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So go get the go get the field goal and then just have your defense lay down and let the team run over you and get the uh, the touchdown to win it. Yeah, yeah, they get the long pass from Minshew pretty much down to the the one yard line. It took them a couple of tries, but they 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 did get that thing in there and win that game. And I was glad. I, I thought I was going to get the sweep over you because uh, my boy Flacco had that in ah. a one point game going into the fourth quarter. Yeah, before the um, before the Browns blew up. Before the before yeah, well before the Rams blew up they they put well, yeah, some touchdowns they, up on them and you know Cleveland uh, could only hang on for so long but 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 but, but they didn't just lose because of Joe Flacco he played fine he played fine uh, the Browns defense is so different without Miles Garrett at full yeah. strength which he's not so that, I think that's the big difference there uh, so you get, your Dan you Hill to finish us off. I referenced it in the title of the show. I, you talk again. You see things every week you'd never see before. You keep watching enough football, you'll see something you've. Oh, never you mean seen like before. a ninety-nine yard pick six on a hail mary? Sure, you've never seen that before. And then this past week, never seen the security of a football team yet <laughs> to get thrown out of the game. We need security from the security. Yes. Uh, the Eagles' head of security, quote unquote. Come on. Everyone saw it. Uh, third quarter of the 49ers-Eagles game. Niners linebacker Dre Greenlaw makes a maybe late hit on Devontae Smith right there on the Philly sideline. So, you know, words would be exchanged. Then the burly dude comes out of nowhere, puts his hand on the San Francisco player to shove yeah. him away. Jerry. As if <laughs> Jerry. Uh, who then uh, uh, Greenlaw pulls the fuck around and find out receipt and Boops the guy right in the nose, which was beautiful. Uh, what what the fuck? <laughs> Who what was this idiot's name? Hang on, I, I forgot. It was Dom, Dom DeSandro. Yeah, it's it's a Philly name. 
It really is. Dom, hey, Dom DeSandro thinks he's got the, uh, the the cojones to come out here and start putting his hands on players. He pushes hey, Drake Greenlaw away. He batteries at him like he was Santa Claus well, or something. If you gave him enough time, he probably would have pulled out some batteries and threw them uh, at Drake Greenlaw. Uh, on a sideline skirmish, truly someone putting themselves in business where they don't belong. He thinks he's Steve the bouncer from Springer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> trying to get his own Steve, show or something. It's Steve Wilkos. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here with that. Come on, man. Uh, I, I could not believe when I saw the uh, – and they kept replaying it throughout the week because it was definitely the thing that, that everyone was talking about. Yeah. Uh, i sure that Geraldo think... didn't get hit by a chair during that <laughs> altercation. How do you get the balls to think that you can go put your hands on any football player, much less Dre Greenlaw, who I think is one of those real ones that you don't want to fuck with anyway? But, <laughs> you know, but anybody. I get it. Even if it I, wasn't I know what him, you're saying. Like, yeah. what, is your, what is your major malfunction to think that you can do that? I guess he's like a, a – they call him a local hero. He's a big celebrity in Philly. Um, and all I can say is that says a lot about Philly, that he's a big celebrity there. Yeah, it's perfect. Exactly. It's dumb and classless, just like Philly. Good job, guys. Well, that was my uh, what the fuck of the week. All right. Uh, there's anything else that we didn't cover about week 13? Uh, yeah, we that that uh, pretty good job of spraying to all fields. That that Lions game. I, I don't know if that was Detroit. If they were that crisp to start, or if that was New Orleans was just being that sloppy. I don't know. The yeah, twenty-one to nothing. Yeah. Well, in. it was it really. It wasn't like New Orleans came out just making a ton of mistakes. It was basically just Lions touchdown, three and out. Well, Lions touchdown. Yeah. You know. So it was just they just they came out hot. But that Lions defense, as they've been getting gashed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was so, uh, Chris Olave got cleared like right before that game started. I don't yeah. think the Saints have any chance to be anywhere close to that game without him because nobody else is doing anything out there. Well, all I know is that that was a just a, a stunning cover for our lock of the week. <laughs> they, they, it was a four-point line. They won by five. Lock it up, baby. I hope you all made money off it. Uh, I didn't have an award for it. But I, I probably should have something uh, in the year end for this, but – uh, I don't. Did you see that uh, the catastrophic injuries continued uh, in in this game, uh, and it's uh, wasn't the player. It spread to the uh, to the chain game guy. The Alvin Kamara yeah. ran out of bounds and just blew some poor guy's yeah, leg apart. Broke his leg. Yeah. Oh. He, but he gave him a signed jersey. Oh well, that makes it all okay. Yeah. Sorry for destroying your leg. Here's a signed jersey. Uh, I hope you also took care of the hospital. Sign your name on my hospital bill. That's the autograph that I need. That's, if the, I'm that's that guy. the signature I want. <laughs> that's the signature I need. I don't that's need the jersey. jersey. No, when I brought I that signed that. jersey to the hospital, they did not accept that as a form of payment. They did not. I need that five-digit hospital bill that I promised he got. They didn't take so care I need of my a, deductible. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I need a signature on that. That's what I'm talking about. Well, it's not like you ran into the guy on on purpose or. I know, but. No matter what you did it, and uh, and you can take care of it. You you can take care of it. Alvin Kamara, believe me, he can take care of it. It was like back. Oh God, to. way back when you remember when it, I think it was like that Packers assistant coach. Um, I think they were in Dallas, and he got blown up off the sideline and ended up hitting his head on the pavement and like shattering yeah. his skull. Yeah, um, yes, way, I'm going in the that. way back machine there, but uh, no, I I'm with you. I, I'm hoping he at least got was got a signed jersey out of it. 
Again, I don't care about signing some clothes. Sign my a, hospital bill. That's got what a I Emmett need. Smith signed jersey <laughs> up on his wall while he's drinking out of a sippy cup. <laughs> Sorry for completely ruining your life. Love you, Emmett Smith. Number 22. <laughs> All right. We got 15 games in the hopper for week 13, one of which we picked already Thursday night. Uh, getting off to a good start for me. Yay, Bill Belichick. He finally came. Oh, what an awful oh, I, You know what the best <laughs> thing was about that game? It was over quick. I did not have to pay any attention to it. <laughs> uh, like the, bad like the, cover, the cover was blown so early in that game. I was like, yeah, whatever. We pick them all, folks. Exactly. Uh, bad football, good football. We pick them all. Got a lot of bad football to pick uh, before we get to the really good games later on in the show. You know how it goes. All the games in order chronologically. We'll get to that in a couple minutes. You are listening live to In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Not on the radio, but only here on the website, blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. To be notified when we're live, you can follow the show on the Blog Talk Radio website, or you can follow my Twitter feed at IMLDDre when I tweet out when we're live before every show. Jason is on Twitter, too. His feed is at IMLDJTG. Our show is available as a podcast where you get the live show and a special VIP after show. To listen to the show as a podcast about an hour or so after the live show is over, come back to the show page and look through our archives or subscribe on iTunes or any number of different podcasting apps, including Player.fm, Mixcloud, Blueberry, and the TuneIn Radio app. You'll get the whole show, the live show and the after show, downloaded straight to you. You can always send us a question or comment or shout out via email to the following email address, inmuchlessdetail at gmail.com. You can follow all of our picks on our blog. The website for the blog is inmuchlessdetail.blogspot.com. Our Thursday night picks will be available Thursday afternoon on our Twitter feeds. Again, that's at IMLDDre and at IMLDJTG. This copyrighted broadcast is a production of Jay and Me and is solely performed for our entertainment as well as for any poor soul who happens to be listening. It is intended to be a football pick show for the private non-commercial use of our audience. Any publication, reproduction, retransmission, or any other use of the descriptions and accounts of this podcast without the expressed written consent of Jay or Me is strictly prohibited. Again, 15 games for week 14. Two teams on very late by the Arizona Cardinals and the Washington team. Manderskins are off. And we started off week Thursday, uh, week 14 Thursday, New England 21, Pittsburgh 18. So I get the jump on Jay to start the week, but none of us Locked up that game, thank God. Why would we? Why uh, would so, you? Well, I, yeah, you had that as a as the Steelers kind of eking out a win. Um, yeah, if, but, if I got a team by one, that clearly means I don't have a strong feeling uh, yeah. one way or another. So, right, uh, and I was just playing games with the spread there. And the way that Patriots offense had looked up until yeah. Thursday night, uh, I wasn't going to pick them. So, right, uh, that didn't go well for me. Uh, some of these other games I've already warned you might sound about as goofy as that pick did. Cause there's kind of no reason to pick the the Patriots except the Steelers by five and a half. 
But we'll see. And you said you maybe we'll be uh, kumbaya on some of these crazy picks. Uh, I don't know. We might be. <laughs> Who knows? All right. Let's find out what these picks have in store this week. I'm actually intrigued. Like, what could you possibly think is going to be as goofy as some of these? Because some of these picks, I'm looking. But I'll, I'll, I'll say this: I'm looking at the uh, when I go on to, to the pigskin pick them on ESPN, and and that's just straight up. Uh, and I go down the list. I I don't know if I've ever had this many picks where my side of it is like seven percent of the of the uh, country is picking this, ten oh, percent wow. is picking this, thirteen percent is picking. It. I usually don't okay. go. Heavy like that on the underdogs, but I've got some real underdog picks. So I, I'm, you're that I'm going guy out there. this week. Yeah, I'm going out on the limb. Well, some of these games are like, how do you know? How do you, with all these no, second string is, and this, third this string? Just, you should know a lot more in week 14 than we know this week because there's so many unknowns. Like, we should know everything by now. You're right, but there's so many teams that are kind of starting over. Like, well, this is their third-string quarterback, so we don't know how they're going to be doing it. And they right. they changed their offensive coordinator the week before, so that we, you know, we still don't know how they they're supposed to look. All right, let's see how this all shakes out. Let's start in the NFC South with the Buccaneers and the Falcons renewing their acquaintances. Uh, the Bucks are five and seven. The Falcons are six and six. Uh, they played in week seven and Atlanta won in Tampa, 16 to 13, about as bad a game in red zone execution as it gets on both sides. Uh, so we'll see if that's a repeat. Uh, Tampa still has a bunch of uh, injuries on their defense. Uh, their veteran Levante David will return from his groin injury, but they still won't have Devin White, Vita Vea, Jamel Dean. They're still very beat up on their D. As far as Atlanta goes, uh, their cornerback, AJ Terrell, got cleared from Dumplin', so He's going to play, and wide receiver Matt Collins is expected to finally return from his ankle injury. You know, the one this, thing I am thankful for on this show is the weekly Matt Collins watch. Everyone was waiting to see when Matt Collins was finally going to make his return <laughs> to the Falcons lineup. It's they need an improvement. Four weeks in a row that we've gotten the Matt Collins update. <laughs> They they need the uh, the the boost for their twenty second ranked passing offense. So they, oh, they they need the help. God. Uh, and this one, the Buccaneers are big one-and-a-half-point underdogs at the Falcons. So the only thing that scares me about this pick, because I'm taking Atlanta, is that one-and-a-half-point spread, because we've seen them not cover <laughs> one-and-a-half but win, and I'm worried about that. But, no, I think that's th- there's too many injuries, I think, in Tampa with the defense, like you said. Atlanta's offense, they're just – they're not good, but I think they're good enough that they'll they'll make some plays – you know, get some people open, get that running game going some, because you have that, you're that soft on the back end. I, it, it, you can't just sell out against the run because they will do the play action. They, they will catch you sleeping. They'll, they'll find Pitts or London. They'll do something. And I think Atlanta, which has a sneaky good defense this year, is good enough to take away the, the one play that the Bucks run. So, I, you know, it's just not going to be, you know, win mode, just – you know, Mayfield to Mike Evans. They might complete a few, but I don't think it's going to be enough to get them up over the top on Atlanta here. I think it, this would actually establish Atlanta as the division leader because if they lose this one, oh, God. Just, I'm going to have to drink some Drano or something if I have to watch any more <laughs> of this NFC South. So please, Atlanta, just end this. Yeah, it's a grueling battle for first uh, in the... Oh, let's get somebody the, uh, over 500 in that division. 
the uh, the Saints waiting in the wings for uh, to, to challenge whoever uh, comes out on top. Uh, will, will Tampa give Chris Godwin more targets just so his wife isn't pissed? Did you hear about this? I missed that one. Oh, break out some some George if I can get to the sound drop. George Clooney, you've been reading about all that. You've been seeing that. George Clooney. The way I understand it, the uh, media was asking Tampa coach Todd Boyles, Todd Bowles rather, after the game last week, hey, we, you know, basically we, we know you got the one play, go deep to Mike Evans. Why isn't Chris Godwin getting more targets? And Bowles basically lied, just bold-faced lied uh, on the spot and said, uh, we had new packages that we were getting uh, installed this week, and, and it resulted in Godwin being pulled in and out. He wasn't on the field as much as he usually is. Mm-hmm. To which Chris Godwin's wife actually took to social media and had the oh, receipts no. and said, here are the, the numbers. Here are the uh, number of plays that Godwin was in on this week, which wasn't any different than he normally is. So that's just a lie. <sighs> just Why? flat out lied. Why is it no always reason. wide receivers, man? <laughs> the, the diva wide receivers and their diva wives, yeah. But then when you uh, start trying to force the ball into an unnatural spot, that never goes well. It doesn't, but I think the bigger point to me is well, Todd Bowles doesn't have to lie about it. It's right there. Everybody can true. look it up. Even the even receivers' wives check can look the it tape. up. Can check the tape. Check, check the numbers. Yeah, that's also a that's also a symptom of another disease, which is you don't know what you're doing as a coach. Right, that you're just talking shit just to get out of the situation. You're feeling the heat. Right. Feeling the heat around your collar, and you make up some shit. Yeah, no, he was out there as much as he always is. They just didn't feel like throwing him the ball because clearly Baker Mayfield knows that he wants to go to one guy and one guy only, and that's Mike Evans. Well, it's a good guy to go to. It's a great guy to go to. Mike but Evans just is be honest about it. one hell of a season. Having a hell of a career. Uh, yeah. But just be quietly. honest about it. <laughs> yeah, very quietly. Um, I, I'm going to say that they kind of do the, the squeaky wheel thing and get Godwin the ball a little more. I think uh, the PFF podcast said the same thing, basically. Uh, but I'm taking Tampa. I'll take, uh, you know, if, even if that doesn't work, throw it up to Mike Evans, and that should work just the way that it always uh, seems to work. Um, but, yeah, uh, no, no great feeling on this one, but I'll, I'll take Baker and, and Tampa. I trust him a little more than, than Desmond Ritter and the Falcons. Sorry. Uh, another defensive uh a division battle: uh, Detroit and Chicago. The Lions at nine and three, and the Bears at four and eight. Uh, but those four and eight Bears had the Lions on the ropes in Week Eleven uh, up in Detroit before they lost thirty-one to twenty-six. Bears blew a twelve-point lead with five mm. minutes left, and I still mm. don't know how the hell they did that. Only uh, the Bears. <laughs> only the Bears. Uh, Bears coming off a bye. They look to be getting uh, Deontay Foreman running back uh, back from his ankle injury to mix in their backfield. Detroit five and one on the road. Bears only two and three at Soldier Field. Uh, the Bears are the underdog, of course. Uh, the uh, Lions are giving a field goal. Detroit minus three at Chicago. Uh, I'm going to take the home dog Bears here uh, to win the game. Uh, you, you are right. They did have the Lions on the ropes. This is sort of that was one of the games that started this Lions defense. What's going on with them trend? Um, because that Lions defense has been has been giving it up, and the Bears the Bears did have them down, and now they get them at their building out of the dome. In the, in the if there's there's not going to be much weather, but you're still getting the dome team on the grass. It's going to slow everything down. 
I think Justin Fields, and that's not Zach Wilson bad, but Justin Fields is playing for his career right now because the Bears are on that trajectory thanks to uh, Carolina being god-awful, just getting their number one overall pick. And all the talk is, well, well that's it. Bears are going to – they're going to have their pick of quarterbacks and, you know, Justin Fields is going to be like, what, what, you know, what am I, chopped liver? The answer, I guess, is yes. Um <laughs> But he's got to be playing for a trade or a contract or, or to, to get out of that situation and go somewhere else. Uh, he had, I remember uh, last year, a great game against the Lions at home that they blew late. Uh-huh. So how crazy is that during that astronomical run that he went on uh, midseason last year? I, I could see that again. This time he's got DJ Moore. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, now I have to go and break out the uh... – ESPN picks and pick them and actually look at some of these percentages so I can compare it to what might be shaping up to be a wild week for us. 8%, 8% of the country wow. is picking Chicago over Detroit. Um, and apparently that includes us. Straight too, up? Uh, that, that is straight up. Yes. Okay. Um, and that's going to include us because I'm also picking uh, Chicago. Uh, yeah. I, I still don't know how they blew that game uh, in Motown, but they're off the buy. They're motivated to rectify that L uh, I think Chicago can win. I, I think it's one last hurrah for uh, Eberflus and Getze before they get thrown out. Because I think that's right. the thing to me is as much as Justin Fields might feel like he's trying to prove something, to me he's proven that he's got the potential under good coaching to be a really good quarterback. That's what I think he's already proven to me. I don't think he has to prove anything else. It's the coaches uh, that have to prove that they deserve to stick around. I'll tell you uh, what. I don't think they do. We pick games here, so we have to put our rooting interests aside. I would gladly take Justin Fields in Atlanta. I know you would. I know gladly. you would. He would, fit, he would fit that Arthur Smith, whatever he's doing thing, perfect. <laughs> um, also, the Bears are the most rare situation I think we've ever seen, where the Bears are the team that's most likely going to get the number one pick, but they don't have to tank to do it. Yeah which is so weird. Like they're playing with house money right now. Like, ah, so what if we, I mean, so if we win, oh, okay, maybe we're going to pick six or five, but we still got that one. <laughs> we're still going to pick one. Thanks to the Panthers. Thank so you, they can Panthers. still try. They don't have to yeah. tank. Uh, well, the players never actually try. We know that. It's the coaches and the organization. But, yeah, your, your point is well taken. Uh, but yeah, we both uh, got the got the Bears to take down the Lions, which is a surprise how how good the Lions came back for us and and got the lock for us last week, and now we're both going against them. So how about that, that was last week, and I think and anything has been proven okay. this season. Like you can't even go by the previous week; otherwise, I would have easily had that win on Thursday night. Uh, this is true. <laughs> All right, let's start some of these weird ass games with backup and third string quarterbacks that we don't know exactly how this is going to go. Colts, Bengals, which would have been Anthony Richardson and Joe Burrow, which would have been a pretty interesting matchup. But instead, it's Minshew Mania versus Jake Browning. Do we believe in Jake Browning coming off of whatever that was Monday night? Colts ah, well, and, and, and here's the craziest part. Both these teams are 500 or better. Colts are 7-5. Yeah, uh, actually, the, the, the better team right now wouldn't be in the playoffs, <laughs> which we could say a lot. Yeah, we really could. The, the teams in the AFC right now out of the playoff picture, right now mm-hmm. the season ends today, this is what's wild to me. The teams not in the playoffs, like uh, Cincinnati, Buffalo, 
I mean, even Pittsburgh with that loss is technically out. I mean, we'd have Cleveland, Indy, and Houston all in the – oh. Oh. Yeah, so okay. there's a lot of weeks for, for all of that to shake out still. Yes, let's, please let it shake out. Somebody needs to go on a losing streak here. Uh, the Colts are seven and five, uh, five and one at uh, on the road. Amazingly, uh, yeah. and the Bengals are, are six and six, three and three at home. Uh, more Jake Browning at QB for Cincy. More Zach Moss at running back for Indianapolis. Jonathan Taylor still out from that thumb surgery. Uh, in this one, the uh, Colts are the home uh, are the road underdogs uh, plus two and a half at the Bengals. Yeah, so if you'll go covers, all right, I'll do it. I'll take Cincy. I'll give the two and a half. I think Indy, as you pointed out, they got so lucky last week against Tennessee that I don't – karma at some point is just going to take over, and you have that's going to even itself out because Indy is not a team that I would normally expect to go and put up those kinds of points, and they, they did it against Tennessee, who is very – very bad on the back end. They're usually a little bit more stout up front. Cincinnati still playing for something. I think that win in Jacksonville kind of gave that team a shot in the arm after they had muddled along, you know, with Burrow getting hurt and, and things not looking so great. And I, Cincinnati is a team that wakes up late to begin with. I think that going to Jacksonville, getting that boost is enough to take them home and get them a win over the Colts. Uh, this one, you can flip a coin to me. Uh, you're, you're right. The Colts can't re- uh, rely on the up, uh, opposing special team shitting all over the field again like uh, Tennessee did. <laughs> right. But the, I don't think the Bengals can trust on Jake Browning 300-plus yards again. I don't see that happening again. Uh, so it really is just kind of flip a coin on this one. Um, a, a PFF stack kind of influenced me. The Colts actually have the third best pass blocking grade in the entire league, uh, according to the way PFF grades uh, offensive linemen. Uh, so whatever Minshew Mania has been doing, you, you haven't seen a lot of crazy mistakes that you usually see out of Gardner Minshew because he's being protected. The Colts are actually giving him some protection back there, and so he hasn't played as erratically as he normally was. He's actually been uh, rather steady in, in this uh uh, apprenticeship that he's been doing in, in place of uh, Anthony Richardson. Uh, so I'll take the Colts and, and I'll take the two and a half points. I don't feel great either way about it, obviously, but uh, so we'll be on the opposite side of that one. But uh, so that, that'll be my, my influences. The, the Bengals aren't uh, rushing the passer the way that they uh, should be. And the Colts are protecting. So I'll take the Colts. Uh, speaking of the Jaguars, they go to Cleveland. Speaking of backup quarterbacks in weird situations and also of teams that are over 500. I can't, still can't believe this. Jags are 8-4. and four, Browns are 7-5. and five. Jags are undefeated on the road because they're not in Duval. Uh, but the Browns, 5-1 and one at Brown Stadium. So something's going to give there. Uh, so the Jags quarterback situation, if you saw the play, did you see the play where uh, Trevor Lawrence's knee got bent in, in weird ways. I did thing. not, but from what I hear, it's like you thought he was like Dunzo for, the, for yeah. the year, and he just bounced right back. Yeah, I saw it live, and it was pretty pretty gruesome. Like, one of his big-ass offensive linemen stepped back on his ankle and, like, mm. on the ankle. Oh, and at the same, oh no. And then, and then at the same time, uh, uh, Lawrence got his body bent and his knee uh, bent back, the, you know, the wrong way, like he, yeah. like he blew his knee out or something. At the same time. 
on the same play. Like, yeah, he tried to take one step and just fell, just collapsed. Uh, so yeah, I didn't. I thought he'd be out for weeks when I saw that play. Um, and so I've seen tape of him this week uh, in practice. He's got a humongous brace on his leg, uh, right. and he was, you know, throwing gingerly. And he was not practicing the way somebody that's about to play football on Sunday. Um, I'm amazed that he was able to practice at all. Uh, the Jaguars are being very secretive. They refuse to say that he's not going to play. I'd be shocked if he played. Uh, I, I think it's going to be more CJ uh, beat hard. I know his name is Beathard, but it reads beat hard. Um, I think it's going to be more CJ Beathard, the quarterback. Uh, we'll see how it works out tomorrow, but I don't think Trevor Lawrence uh, should play, but he might, he, he very well might try to gut it out and be a hero out there. We know he won't have Christian Kirk to throw to anymore. He pulled his groin. Uh, he's on IR. Uh, and they're also down a couple of cornerbacks, but of course the Browns are not exactly healthy either because their quarterback is Joe Flacco. Uh, who was actually pretty decent uh, in in the loss last week. Um, he did Amari, exactly what I said he was going to do. He's going to throw it up. He Whatever it. happens, he's going to throw it <laughs> that up. Was, that was all he did. It was feared that Amari Cooper would be dumplings and not be cleared for this game uh, tomorrow, but he actually got cleared today, so at least Flacco will have uh, Amari Cooper going for him in the receiving core. Jags are the uh, cop-out underdog uh, plus three at the Browns. Yeah. Uh, good luck with this one. Mm-hmm. I, to both of us, I mean, this is again. You know, we talked about the last uh, last week having that game where we're going to regret no matter what we pick. Yeah, this game's going to kind of feel that way too. Um, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take Jacksonville, I guess, and the points uh, to bounce back. Um, the Joe Flacco thing. Yeah, it, it, he's going to throw it a lot, but that also means that. He's given that Jacksonville defense opportunities, too. So sometimes that's going to be a double-edged sword. He's rusty as all hell. Yes, he's got some weapons that he can throw it to, but Jacksonville can be opportunistic on their own, too. And they're not at home, which almost gives them the advantage. (laughs) So I'll I'll take the Jags on the road to bounce back and and win an ugly one. And this game's going to be ugly no matter what. Um but I'll take the Jags here. Yeah, both these teams are beat up to hell. Uh, Which coaching staff do you trust more might be what it comes down to. You got Doug Peterson and his offense against Jim Schwartz's uh, bat-out-of-hell defense for the Browns. Uh, I'm going to agree after all that and and take the Jags. And it's because Miles Garrett is the difference to me, that he's not – until he starts playing like Miles Garrett again, I'm going to – short the Browns and we, right. we saw him strength. in that arm sling a couple yeah, weeks full ago. Strength Miles Garrett against CJ Beathard. You're probably like, oh, oh, oh yeah, let's get it on. Right. That sounds, that smells like one of those ugly 13 to three uh, mistake by the lake type Browns games. But no, until Miles Garrett is back to being Miles Garrett, I'm, I'm going to have to look at Cleveland with a, with a cross eye and I'm going to agree with you and take the Jags. All right. How do we feel about, Panthers Saints, uh, which features a lot of injuries as well. Panthers one and eleven, zero and seven on the road. Saints five and seven, two and three at home. We mentioned uh, Hunter Hurst Helmsley, uh, as, as I like to call him, uh, Hayden Hurst, <laughs> the tight end for the Panthers, who may not, like I said, may not play again. Oh, you that... Triple H. Triple H. <laughs> That's right. Shout out to William Regal. Um, as far as the Saints, uh, Derek Carr is beat up and he's dumplings and he wants to play. He's about as crazy as Trevor Lawrence. He just wants to get out there no matter what. And it looks like they're going to let him 
get out there. But this, this is, I'll tell you right now, this is this is happening because they don't want us playing the drop. They don't want wild thing. They'll do any. They'll send Derek Carr out there with crutches and and knee braces and uh, uh, cat scans on his brain and everything else. They'll do that before they let Wild Thing take the field. So I don't think that's to do with us. I think that's they they, they really don't want to play him. <laughs> they really don't I want have to. See, I want Jameis for this. This, <laughs> this would be like the Jameis game. He would have four touchdowns and three picks, <laughs> or three touchdowns and four picks. One of the correct two. some combo. Uh, but Carr out there is not a sure thing at all because his receiving core is beat to hell as well. Chris Olave is iffy. Taysom Tebow is iffy. Juwan Johnson, the other tight end, is iffy. Rashid Shaheed uh, might come back. He didn't play last week. Uh, everybody's kind of beat up on the on the Saints receiving core. Alvin Kamara is going to be the leading receiver again for the Saints tomorrow probably. Uh, with all that, the Panthers are six-point underdogs at the Saints. This is crazy. Uh, there is – if they were playing anybody else, I would probably pick against the Saints. But the Panthers are just that bad. This is a rudderless ship. They have they have no mojo on offense. Their defense is just they're not very good. And sure, I'll I'll take Derek Carr with early onset CTE, dumping it off to Kamara and Taysom Tebow coming in and rushing the ball another. 13, 15 times and doing all his little gadget for whatever. It just seems to work for the Saints. Uh, I think it's enough against a really bad Carolina team here. So I'm not happy about this pick, the Saints, and, and give a touchdown. Monday night, week two, the uh, Panthers lost at home to the Saints 20-17. to Bryce Young showed some flashes in that game. Of course, he came up short. That's what he's been doing all year. But he did lead the final drive that, that resulted in a, a push. The Saints were three-point favorites in that one on the road and wound up winning by three. Uh, for this one, the, the Panthers are down bad. There's no doubt about that. The organization is down bad. They may not win again this year, so – I got to kind of take them here because I don't know when they're going to get another W. Uh, this is another one of those on the uh, ESPN picks and pick them. 4% of the country is on oh. the Panthers. Well, that's straight and I up. I am with them. That's straight up. I mean, you're all over it, but oh, man. I'm, I'm, I'm all over it. Not because I, I think bet you the money. Is I bet you the money's not 4%, though. Um, on let, the plus let me take six. a quick. Yeah, the, I don't think that that's what I mean. I don't think that the I'm looking at I'm looking here on covers uh, to see 36 percent if you're going off the line. So that that's not as crazy because trust me, right. That's not the worst. No, no. There are, there are other. What was uh, uh, Bears are 33. So yeah, some of those spreads are, sometimes they go you know 85 15 uh, with the money on one side. Uh, yeah, the lowest one. Right now, oh, 30, 32 is the lowest. So okay. there's a lot of them in the 30s, and Carolina's one of them, but they're not the worst. Uh, Jags right. are at 36 as well. So a lot of people um, going. So, yeah, we're brownies. definitely taking the, the small side on a, on a bunch of these. Yeah, it's a crazy week. It, it is a weird week. It's already weird, and we're, we're not even halfway through it. So yeah. um, so I, I'll take the Panthers just because I don't know when they're going to – I'm going to take them again the rest of the season. So that's only a couple that we uh, – well, three. There's three that we disagree on so far. Yeah. Uh, Houston and the Jets. Let's see how we feel about this one. Uh, Texans are 7-5. and five, Jets are 4-8. and eight. Uh, We mentioned already that the 
Texans uh, have to say goodbye to Tank Dell. The, the awesome season he's been having uh, gets his leg snapped and he's out for the rest of the year. Uh, Noah Brown uh, trying to get back on the field from his knee injury. He played last week. Uh, we know they won't have uh, tight end Dalton Schultz with a hammy. For the Jets, we didn't know who the quarterback was going to be all week. We knew it wouldn't be Tim Boyle because he got cut. Uh, so Zach Wilson, if he feels like it, will uh, get up and, and take the ball for the Jets tomorrow. He might wake up and say, no, I, I changed my mind again, and I'm going to back off, and maybe Trevor Simeon will be in there for the Jets. But no, oh. We, oh. <laughs> yeah, we think it's going to be Zach Wilson in a sloppy, rainy game. Uh, some of these games are going to be very bad weather, uh, in addition to being ugly football anyway. Uh, but with all of that, the t- uh, Texans are the favorite. They are minus three and a half at the Jets. Yeah, I'll tell you what. The Meadowlands, though, has been where a quarter- opposing quarterback play has gone to die this year. So Texans best watch out because they could be walking into a trap defensively. And I think Zach Wilson could come out and be motivated. And maybe there's a little bit of fire in this Jets team. I do think that the Texans are walking into a trap here. I, I just have that feeling. It's a young team. It's happened with them with Carolina. This has got a similar feel to it. They're on the road. They're road favorites. I don't think they're ready for this spot. I'm taking the Jets. I'm locking it up. Damn. That I did not see coming at all. Bam. <laughs> <laughs> this caught you a stunner. A stunner. I was I was ready to, to praise you and congratulate you and welcome you to the to the single digit club because seven percent of the country is taking the Jets over to the uh, Texans. <laughs> and uh, and we're are you in the club gonna, with me? I am. We're we're going oh. to the club. Wow, we're going to the single digit club. Uh, I don't know about Zach Wilson having some sort of renaissance and being a professional all of a sudden. I'm doing this more on the uh, the Jets defense, which, as you said, has buried some opposing teams' uh, offenses when they come in. Uh, I'm not sure I'm ever picking Zach Wilson again. So one last time, I'll, I'll do it. But I, I, I'm going to do it because of the D. I think the uh, the defense on on the Texans uh, taking down the Texans is is going to be uh, because Tank Dell is not there. I think that's a big deal with a young quarterback like C.J. Stroud who. Uh, I, you know, admittedly doesn't seem to be rattled by too much of anything, but I think you have to be rattled by watching your, your receiver, one of your beloved receivers go down like that. Um, and sure, he's going to feed Nico Collins and, and, you know, give him 15 targets tomorrow to make up for that. But uh, to have, you know, your, your second best option after that, Noah Brown, he's gimpy. Uh, I don't know who else he's going to be looking for out there. Uh, Robert Woods, I, I, I don't like the, uh, the other options for the Texans, uh, and, and I and I think Salts Gardner might take it upon himself to maybe shut down or try to shut down Nico Collins. Anyway, uh, yeah, I got a very ugly, rainy, sloppy game uh, in the Meadowlands, and and I got the Jets uh, coming out on top there. So I'm I'm with you. We're we're in the seven percent right. club on that one. You did not crap on my lock. No, I'm I, but I'm shocked that you're locking the Jets of all teams and, and Zach Wilson. That that is just, definitely this a shot. Spot, this just this has got trap of traps all over it for Houston. Mm. All right. We'll we'll see how it goes. I I'm I'm concurring with you on that. All right. Rams, Ravens, uh LA again, teams that are over five hundred or five hundred or better that you would have never expected. The Rams are six and six. They are five hundred. Uh and the Ravens are nine and three. They're coming off their bye. Uh, this might have rain and wind uh, as well up there in Baltimore, so this could be a very sloppy one as well. Uh, Rams will not have tight end Tyler Higby. He's got a neck injury. 
Uh, Rams are the big underdogs here, plus seven and a hook at the Ravens. Uh, I'm going to give full credit to one of the podcasts I listened to. Uh, my DFS podcast was pointing out, and it wasn't it wasn't anything fantasy related, but first of all, you got the Ravens are coming off of the bye, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a bonus for them. I had no clue, but apparently, and they were calling out the scores on these. The Ravens just NFC opponents for lunch. Oh yeah, they dominate NFC teams, and. I don't, there's something about it, and they're going to Baltimore, coming off of the bye. I almost locked this one up. The hook scared <laughs> me off. Um, I'm taking the Ravens here with the Rams going west. Fly, yeah, everything here is is coming up Ravens for me. I'm taking the Ravens. I'm giving the points, but I couldn't lock it up. That hook, that, that hook, man. Uh, I'm yeah, I'm scared as, as well of the uh, of the hook and the Ravens. I'm scared of the Ravens always having bad second halves of seasons. They're going great right now. Their their offense was on the upswing before the bye, so there's no reason for them to not keep it going uh, coming off the bye. They're they're healthier. You know, Odell Beckham will be out there. Everybody's uh, healthy at the moment. Although Lamar Jackson was uh, ill during. Uh, during a week for some reason, but he seems to be okay. Um, but the Rams, uh, they're still competing. They don't sleep on Matthew yep. Stafford. Don't sleep on the Rams. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give the seven and a half as well. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I can kind of see a little bit that the Rams give up, give more of a fight than maybe we would think. Um, but I'm going to take the uh, the Ravens and give the seven and a half as well. That gives us to our afternoon games, the Vikings and the Raiders, Minnesota six and six somehow still, and the Ravens are the Raiders at five and seven. Uh, Minnesota coming off their bye, and the Raiders are coming off their bye. But the Raiders are not getting Justin Jefferson back from injury, and the Vikings are, so that's a big advantage to Minnesota. Jefferson finally set to return from his hamstring injury. Max Crosby will try to play the edge rusher for the Raiders. Uh, but like Miles Garrett, he's just kind of taking up space at the moment. He's just not the same guy with his uh, maladies, and until he is, you kind of got to look at them with a with a cross eye as well. Uh, Vikings four and two on the road. Ravens four and two at home. Raiders. I keep calling them Raiders. Raiders. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the Vikings are the favorites. Uh, your your boy Pasternak and the uh, Vikings are minus three at the Raiders. Well- our boy Pastronaut, who was so awful in his last start that they were a little noncommittal about guaranteeing him this start. Um, yeah. they, he's going to get it, and he gets Justin Jefferson back. I'm a little worried about Josh Dobbs. I don't know if the, the clock struck midnight. We, we, you know, we talked about this. Is the insanity run over? Because that effort he had against the Bears, not a great Bears defense. Uh, throwing those four interceptions was awfully ugly. And the Raiders, still some fight in this Raiders team. Uh, They've been playing for Antonio Pierce. They don't mind uglying this thing up. I think that uh, Josh Jacobs has been revitalized. I think he can run on this team. I'm going to take the Raiders at home. Uh, Jacobs' numbers has definitely taken a spike since the uh, coaching change. Not exactly sure what to, to credit that with, but – uh, the run O is definitely trending up for the Raiders. Uh, 3.0 yards per carry. Uh, 
seven weeks ago, and now they're at 3.5, uh, which is quite a hefty uh, improvement in only seven weeks. Um, even with all of that, uh, it's still Justin Jefferson. It's still a difference maker. It's still the Raiders' uh, defense being a, a, a completely different animal when Max Crosby is not out there wreaking havoc in the backfield. Uh, it's a Josh Dobbs versus Aiden O'Connell uh, world beater quarterback oh. matchup. Uh, so your guess is kind of as good as mine, but that's my big factor is Max Crosby being a non-factor, just like with Cleveland. Uh, until Max Crosby is back to being Max Crosby, I, I don't like the Raiders and I don't like the Browns as long as uh, Miles Garrett is not being Miles Garrett. So I will take the Vikings and give the three here. Seattle visits San Francisco in NFC West action. Uh, Seahawks are six and six. Niners, of course, are nine and three and being universally praised as the best team in the NFL now that they beat the hell out of the Eagles. Uh, not that long ago, Thanksgiving night, these two teams did battle and the Niners embarrassed the Seahawks up in Seattle 31 to 13. Niners were in sync in that game as well. That Purdy touchdown to Ayuk was so beautiful. It was my best of the week that week. So I definitely remember that well. And not that long after that, here they are back matching up once again. Oh, God, Geno Smith has a groin situation that he came up with in practice this week. So it was looking for a while like he was very close to not being able to make it. It was going to be some Drew Locke action. But uh, at the moment, it looks like it's going to be Geno Smith. Uh, but he might be handicapped and, and limited. Uh, and Kenneth Walker looks to return uh, the running back from his oblique injury. For the Niners, uh, the big lineman Eric Armstead is out with a knee injury. Uh, Niners are still the biggest favorite of the week. They are giving 13 and a half hosting the Seahawks. I don't, I don't like this Geno Smith banged up going into this game. I might have been more inclined to take the points if that offense was full strength, but if any mobility is taken away from your quarterback against that defense and they get a chance to tee off at all and, and just run to a spot, oh, Man, it, this could this this could look just like the last time. I'll uh, I'll take the Niners and I'll give two touchdowns. I hate doing it. I hate that. That's a lot of points, especially for a, a Seattle team that showed as much fight as they did against Dallas. But sometimes you show that much fight and you lose. It's a little deflating. So I think the Niners capitalize here. It's also a lot of points for a divisional game. Um, but, yeah, that smashing of Philly by San Fran, that might be the most impressive win all year uh, in, in the entire NFL, like maybe even more than what Miami did to Denver because Philly is actually a real team, and the Niners like, made them look like they shouldn't have been on the field with them. Um, can Seattle learn from getting whipped a couple of weeks ago and stop the Niners? Uh, with, with a hobbled Geno Smith, I'm, I'm with you. I don't, I don't think they can do much to stop the juggernaut that is the 49ers. I concur and give the 13 and a half. All right, Bills, Chiefs, yet again, Buffalo is just destined to always play Kansas City in Arrowhead, just how it works out. Bills are 6-6 six and six and desperate and coming off the bye, and the Chiefs are 8-4 and four and maybe a little desperate themselves coming off the L that they took up in Wisconsin. A uh, lot of injury news here. Uh, Dawson Knox set to return at tight end for the Bills from his wrist injury. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco is out. He's got a shoulder injury that stud running back for the Chiefs, but they hope to get their linebacker Nick Bolton back from his wrist injury. Uh, are the Bills ready to roll just like the 9-11 hijackers? I don't know if you heard about that one. I did. Yeah. I did. Are I couldn't they, fit it into set? the awards, but <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, Sean McDermott. <laughs> 
Uh, the, the the chickens are coming home to roost there. So I like how they if, made it very clear to say, although this won't cost him his job. No, no, Buffalo misses <laughs> the playoffs. That will cost him his job. Perspective. You gotta have perspective. Come on. Gotta gotta have priorities. Um. I don't even. I, I don't know. I, I guess I couldn't fit it in either. So that's how I got that and, and segued it. I don't know how to segue off of that. So just here's the game. Uh, Bills are plus one at the Chiefs. Go. Boy, so you get the the, the Chiefs. I hate that these games are always in KC. Can the Bills ever get a break <laughs> and just get the Chiefs in Buffalo? No, never. Never. It's just, it's never going to happen. It's just, however the schedule gods figure this out, they're always going to send the Bills to KC and give KC the huge home field advantage. I still don't think it's enough. I, the Bills, this is, this, every, we'd say it every week that this is it. <laughs> this is it this is for the really Bills. It. This really, this time <laughs> we mean it. If they can't pull out a win in this one and they go to six and seven, all those Crap teams sitting above them with seven wins, eight wins. They're going to have a hell of a time jumping ahead of those teams. They need this win. The rest of the AFC wants the Bills to win this game so that, they, the, so that the championship won't have to run through Arrowhead. So the Bills can not only give do themselves a solid, they can do the whole AFC a solid. Please, Buffalo, win this game. Uh, you gotta. They they don't have a choice. They have, this, no. They have no choice. They are desperate. I love desperate Bills because we <laughs> saw what Josh Allen looked like desperate against Philly. The KC offense ain't the Philly offense. <laughs> no, no, they're not. Uh, look desperate, and they and they definitely should have won that game. I fully expect Buffalo off the bye with their backs against the wall, facing their hated biggest obstacle to to hit the Chiefs with their best shot. Um, and how will Casey respond? Uh, they have not looked very strong lately. I don't know if they're going to have what it takes. They couldn't find any answers in Green Bay. Uh, but the Buffalo beat-up defense is very exploitable. That's basically why they lost that game in Philly that they yeah. should have won, that they dominated, was because the Bills' defense just gave it all up. Uh, it would be crushing but believable if the Chiefs found a way to come through and, and win this game because that's what they do. That's what they do to the Bills every time. <laughs> Um, so they gagged again, like they seem to do. That, that, that's, that's the Bills' M.O. Uh, in Kansas City. But I'm going to take him. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to take the Bills. They have to have it. it. This time we mean it. They have to have this game. This crazy-ass killer schedule that they have to finish off the season, the Bills do, they have to win, like, almost all of them now. Uh, but they brought it on themselves. They lost so many games that they should have won earlier in the season, and now here they are. This is what they have to do. They have the talent to overcome and win all these games. Um, they just have to put it all together. They just have to find a way to band together, just like the 9-11 hijackers, and just get that teamwork out there. <laughs> you know, you, you got a task. You, you got to put everything aside. You got to forget about the fact that you're going to die today and just get the job done. Just do the task at hand. I understand. I understand. I No, I actually don't understand. I'm just, I'm just kidding. But – you, you, you got to put it all together and play for the team and play for the guys around you, even if you're all going to die. Um, and, and yeah, I'm I'm with you. I got the Bills. Sean McDermott is a weirdo anyway. We've always uh, known that, but yeah, this now this is what happens when you lose those games. You put yourself at, at six and six, and you put yourself in this kind of situation. Now all these hit pieces start coming out. Now all all these uh, anonymous sources start telling stories and telling tales about you and 
you know, that's only the floodgates. If it really does go down the drain and they miss the playoffs and it gets fired, then uh, everything's going to hit the fan uh, at the end of the season. And there's probably going to be books written about Sean McDermott uh, when everything breaks down. I mean, we remember back when he was a rookie coach that that build was, that was the worst team to ever make the playoffs. <laughs> like they were trying right? to miss the playoffs. That was the team the that was trying was to lose still yeah. made the playoffs. And it was, mm-hmm. it was amazing. We were doing all the uh, major league jokes about them, you know. <laughs> Um, that they were trying to tank. Mm-hmm. And, and, oh my God! Yeah, and they still that they somehow rose above his awful coaching, and then he actually turned out. You know, they, they turned out to be a pretty good team. And now when there's some chinks in the armor. It's like, well, well okay, <laughs> start pointing at that coach again. Yeah, we were so, wondering that great team. Why is the defensive coordinator stepping away? Why is Leslie Frazier leaving the team? But he's not retiring. He's just right. stepping. Like what's going on now? The OC gets thrown uh, overboard. Ken Dorsey. Uh, so he, now we're kind of seeing why all of these deflector shields are being thrown off because the, the coach is kind of a, a crazy. Person. The head coach is in Al Qaeda. That'll do it. Oh my god! Um, and we're taking them, and we're both taking. Uh, we're, that's the, right. The Bills. We're going with uh, jihad. Is that a single digit two or no? I, I, no, the Chiefs are too uh, crazy for the for that to be a single digit game. It is. A, it's only twenty five percent on Buffalo, so that's still you know, a lot, but uh, but it's not quite a single digit game. Uh, all right. From there, Denver and the Clippers. Uh, the Broncos are six and six after a crazy start that they had to the year. Yeah. Uh, and the and the Clippers are five and seven. Speaking of a coach that's uh, on his way down. Uh, for Denver, uh, looks like their injuries are clean. The, the Clippers are definitely not clean. Josh Palmer, they were hoping would act would be activated off this knee injury, but that's not going to happen this week. Uh, the big thing with the with the Chargers is the uh, rumor mill is that there's going to be more run for Josh Kelly because you mentioned how terrible Austin Eckler has oh, looked running the he, ball. He the yards lost. in a cloud of dust. So. Yeah, he's lost his burst. Right. Well, we'll see uh, that results in more uh, more carries for Josh Kelly, if that makes any difference for them. Uh, and in, the, in any event, this one is uh, Broncos are the slight underdog plus two and a half at the Chargers. Yeah. Uh, did not think a month ago, six weeks ago, that we'd even be toying with the idea of taking Denver on the road against the Chargers. I'm doing it because the Chargers are completely broken. Uh, that they should be a much better team than they are. Their head coach is a red ass. They but things they don't have any offensive strategy. Now they're talking. You know, they're, okay, Joshua Kelly is the no. He Joshua Kelly is not the answer. <laughs> they have one receiver. They've got the Tampa strategy going. It's if you can't chuck it to Keenan Allen or to Mike Evans, you got nothing. Yeah, I I'll take. I, th- I don't think that Denver's that good either, but. I think they're better enough than the Chargers to win this game. I'll take Denver in a close one on the road. Broncos country. That's right. And that defense has been absolutely trending up ever since that, that <laughs> Dolphins game. They had nowhere else to go. They couldn't be much worse. That's true. <laughs> but they are. But they should be given credit for being better, uh, much better than they had been uh, at the beginning of the season. Um, and, of course, Russell Wilson in the uh, passing game has been – a little better than people have thought. Uh, the running game should get a lot of the credit for that. They're actually tied for 12th in, in running. 
uh, and Javante Williams and, and the Broncos running game is probably carrying the offense more than people realize, but they are definitely getting some big plays out of Cortland Sutton. One thing you do, you, you know, is that he knows how to find the end zone. So at least they got that much going for him. Um, I, I'll eat my shirt if the Clippers throw another shut, shutout. That, that, uh, <laughs> if they blank the Broncos, uh, yeah, uh, I, I will not believe that at all. Uh, and the Broncos offense had been rolling before last week. So I think it's a good bounce back spot for the Broncos. You know, most people look at the Clippers and think that's a good bounce back spot for LA to, to get the Denver Broncos defense, but they're better. They're doing better. I think it, the Clippers defense is a good bounce back for the Broncos. So I concur with you and take the Broncos. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that's not a single digit one either. The, the Clippers are such a, a mess. No, it can't be. No. Uh, Actually, and on, the, on the money side, Denver has got more velocity than the the Chargers do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Denver is 53% to 47 straight up. So, yeah. Right. So, a little surprising that they're still underdogs in that respect, but there you go. All right, Sunday night, Eagles-Cowboys uh, game for Sunday night. Everyone's looking forward to that. Uh, battle for the NFC, top of the NFC East. Philly at 10-2 and two now after what San Fran did to them, and all of a sudden, there's Dallas at 9-3. and three. If they can come through uh, and, and Create a tie, although the uh, tiebreaker, I'm not sure how the tiebreakers will break down because that would make it even for heads up because uh, Philly won in week nine at home, 28 to 23. Yeah. I think after uh, after that on head up, it's division record, conference record, that type of stuff. Okay. Uh, so they at least put themselves in position to uh, steal the NFC East from the Eagles. Uh, that was a week nine game. That was part of that tough Philly stretch where they just came back and won every game. They were losing all those games, wound up coming back and winning them all. Uh, Dallas shot themselves in the foot all game, just stupid play, bad plays. That was a game where the tight end tried to get in the end zone, and, and his knee was down before he could cross the goal line on fourth down, and Dak tried to run a, oh, a Dak play in. Oh, stepped out. Stepped yeah. out of bounds on his own, and, yeah, that was just – that was finding a way, as they like to do, to, to make mistakes and screw themselves up uh, all night long. Uh, for the Eagles in this one, Dallas in Dallas, he's, uh, he tweeted out uh, at the beginning of the week, Dallas Goddard, the tight ends, said Dallas is a nice place to return uh, from his arm injury. So it looks like he's going to be activated for that one. Uh, much more importantly, Steve Wilkes, I'm sorry, Dom DeSandro has been banned from ringside. He is not he going to be allowed be on the sideline. He will not be at that game. He will not be allowed on the sideline. And it's crazy as hell that we even had to have that ruling to begin with before the game even started. So, But at least that circus will be avoided, although I'm sure uh, Tariko and Collinsworth will say something about it during the game. Uh, as far as the spread goes for this one, slight, slight money towards the Cowboys because the Eagles are three and a half point underdogs at right you just gotta have the hook on this too right so it wasn't bad enough that the eagles had to be home dogs now now they get to give the hook on the on the cowboys just just to again what is we being asked we're being asked to pick the eagles we're trying to scare you off of picking the cowboys here because we're putting that hook on there in a tough divisional matchup I don't think this is going to be that tough of a divisional matchup. I think the Cowboys roll these guys up. I think that the, the, the juju juice or whatever it was, the pixie dust wore off of the Eagles last week. I think the Cowboys at home are a much stronger team right now. Uh, their offense is rolling. They'll, if the game gets too out of hand, then Deron Bland will get another pick six. Um, 
to put them up 24. Uh, <laughs> but no, I could I could see the Cowboys winning this one in kind of stunning fashion and, and humbling the Eagles again. Yeah, the Cowboys on a little extra rest because they had the back-to-back Thursday night games. So uh, ready to send a message to the Eagles in Jerry World. They hear everybody saying, ah, the Cowboys, they haven't beat anybody. Uh, and on primetime, I'm with you. I think they will have the answer for the Eagles and for the rest of everybody else watching. I'm actually locking up the Dallas Cowboys. This is where I thought you were going to go because I'm remembering back to our pick last time where you called the split. Mm -hmm. Although what worries me is when you pick a game that many weeks (laughs) out, it always loses. But you you are a man of your word, locking this one up. And you went along with it. I'm with you. I, I think that Philly, you know, I think the clock struck midnight on, on them last week. Not completely fraud, you know, or any of that. And no Marcus Mariota shouldn't be the starter. But I think that all the, all the things that went their way couldn't just keep going their way. And I think they got a bit exposed and they got rolled up by a superior offensive and defensive team. And I think the Cowboys right now fit that bill too. Yeah. I think it's as simple as the Cowboys are going to split the series. They got the, they found a way to lose in Philly and they're going to have an answer and they're going to, they've probably been thinking about this game ever since that game. This is what they do. They uh, win those big games uh, at home unless it's the playoffs Um, and they're going to do that again. And they're going to show the Eagles, hey, you know, we we got something for you. I don't lose every single time I pick six weeks out. It just feels like I do, but sometimes I actually win, though. (laughs) And, again, if I lose, you're going down with me. You're on the ship with me. You're taking me right with you. So neither one of us crapped on the other's locks. Although I locked up the Jets. Oh, what am I I doing? You, You did that. It stunned the hell out of me. All right, Monday night doubleheader action. I I actually like the double headers on Monday night because you get a choice, so I, I can't complain too much. It's just the quality of game. Well, this good. one's different because they're at the exact same time. Right. Yeah, they're not staggering. We're not they're, even they're both staggering be, this one. Yeah, 8 Eastern, 7 Central, bam, both of them go, go and kick off at the exact same time. Uh, one of them is the second biggest spread of the week, so it shouldn't be very uh, compelling, at least according to the betters. The Titans and the Dolphins, Tennessee at 4-8, and 0-7 oh on the road. Miami nine and three, five and zero oh at home. Uh, yeah, that's there's a good reason why this is uh, such a huge spread, and the Titans will not have their best uh, tackler, uh, Jeffrey Simmons. He's out with a knee injury. Titans are thirteen point underdogs in Miami Gardens. Well, not only that, the Titans, as we have documented, are a one hundred percent complete pass funnel defense. Mm. Tough to run on, easy to throw on. That's not a recipe for success going into Miami. Um, it's not as extreme as it is with Washington, but it's going to be pretty damn bad. Uh, I'll take Miami here, squish. Yeah, there's no reason to, to think that t- Tennessee's going to do too much better uh, defending Tyreek Hill than, than Washington did. Tennessee's giving up 7.7 yards per throw this year, so might be another one of those days. Might be another 150-whatever uh, yards for uh, for Tyreek Hill, uh, it might go for 250 in this one. 
Uh, Mayo Boy still hasn't dis- uh, rediscovered the magic on the other side for the Titans. Uh, Will Levis still not looking like much of anything. They're, they're giving them a shot, so you know just, they, they're seeing what they got. They're not sticking Tannehill back in there, so I think that's the right thing to do. But doesn't look like he's got too much uh, juice, so I'm going to concur with you and take Miami and give the 13. Mm. And then the other Monday night game, Green Bay and the Giants. Uh, the over-unders are definitely going to be very uh, wildly different for those two games. Packers at 6-6, six and six, Giants at 4-8 and eight coming off the bye. Uh, poor Chris, uh, Christian Watson has another hammy. He pulled that uh, during the game last week against Kansas City. So he's out. Uh, but Aaron Jones, the running back, trying to return for Green Bay. Pack are the not-surprising favorite, minus 6.5 at the G-Men. Yes, yeah, it's our boy Danny DeVito. Um He's got a couple of wins under his belt. We got the Packers. The Packers just beat the Chiefs at home. Now they get to go on the road. Big favorites. Again, it's a 6-6 six and six team. Huge favorites. I, I'm not feeling this one for them. I'm taking the points. I think the Packers win, but I think it's going to be tougher than everybody thinks. Okay, you surprised me by, by going there uh, on that one. Um, one more eight percent, one more uh, single digit craziness for for me before uh, the week comes to an end. I'm I, I am taking the Giants to win the game. Uh, it, it's wow. a, a hell of yeah, it's a, a hell trap. of a race. <laughs> no, I, I was saying it's a hell of a race to see which New York passing offense is going to finish DFL for the season between between the Jets and the Giants. But uh, I think the Giants jumped ahead. Danny DeVito has not been total ass. So, yeah, I, I think the Giants got something, a little something. Um, and why am I taking the, the Packers to sort of collapse here? Jordan Love, he's going off. Can the Giants slow him down? I, Christian Watson, I think that's the difference. I try not to put too much emphasis on hurt players, but that's a big one. Like, he's obviously relies on Christian Watson to be his big play guy downfield. Um, and, and with him not there, it should allow the Giants to focus on uh, – Aaron Reed, uh, Romeo Dobbs kind of takes himself out of a lot of plays. So I don't think they have to worry about him. Um, yeah, I think the Giants can, can get to 20 and good enough. So I'm, I'm taking the demon, and you're taking them well with the points. So we're both going with that one. This was a weird week. Uh, five? We, I was about to say it was weird, but we agreed on more than I thought we would. Let's be yes. Yeah, what was funny was when you said you knew that you had a lot of weird picks. I knew we were going to agree on a lot because when <laughs> I made I my too. picks, I was like, "Oh yeah, watch this." <laughs> oh my beer, watch this. I don't. I think it's only four, unless I miscounted. Oh, okay. Tampa uh, and you got Atlanta. Yep. I got I got the Colts and you got the Bengals. I got the uh, Panthers and you got the Saints. I got the Vikings and you got the Raiders. That's it. Wow. Okay. So we are kumbaya for better or for worse on some of these weird picks. Uh, So with that, I guess with the uh, little bit of time left, I can congratulate us for our double lock last week by by playing the uh, jungle nonsense sound to celebrate our twin geniusness. And I don't have to play that every time we do something right, but I just wanted to because I love that drop. Yes. And thankfully you don't have the video to go with it. (laughs) 
that would get us in a lot of trouble uh, these days, I think. Um, yeah, I as, don't know where you're going to find that. the entirety of that entire cartoon. Yeah, is that the same one where the guy gets uh, yeah. sprayed with the ink pen and goes into the blackface? Yeah, yeah. Okay. He also gets a symbol dropped on his head and turns Chinese. And, yeah, there, there's, a, <laughs> there's a lot going on in that cartoon. Oh. One of the uh, – uh, probably instance number – not number one, but one of the top uh, reasons as to how our generation turns out is as jaded as we are. That's we watched a lot of stuff like that that was extremely inappropriate, and we didn't know at the time. We just thought it was funny. Yeah, we laughed at it, and it was funny. It was highly inappropriate. That would not that would not play today. No, um, no, 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 not at all. Oh yeah, last week. Um... Yeah, we got off air. It was just I was just like done. Well, we did a ten o'clock show last week, didn't we? No, that was uh, Thanksgiving when I was up. Oh, in that Chicago. was Thanksgiving. Yeah, so la- I don't know what happened last week because I just remember the show ended. I was like, I'm 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 gone. Um, <laughs> so uh, I was with you, and, and I'm not exactly very alert this week either. No, hey, no <laughs> problem. You know, these, just because we do a two hour show doesn't mean we have to do a three hour show. Yeah, if I if I had the energy, of course, you know, if if there's anything that we know that we can talk, we can go uh, if we want to or have to. But yeah. uh, it's not it's not a guarantee that we're up for going for three hours every week. So and then next week we're starting uh, Saturday now, games. Next week starts all the Saturday games, so all Man. the all the Friday shows. So we got to start doing those Fridays. Uh... Yeah, fr- Friday. I, I mean, I should be good for nine o'clock. That just means that I have to do all of my show prep at work. Um, right. You know, come home. That's what I'll be doing. We'll scarf down dinner, do all my show prep at work. You know, all my award, have all my awards uh, slotted. Or and sometimes I try to slot. Like I know I can get to you know Tuesday on my day off or Wednesday night when I'm home and. I can try to like, go through and slot in the awards. That's actually the longest part of my show prep right now is mm-hmm. getting all the awards done. Um, Cause the picks just kind of, they just kind of flow. And, and I'm shocked how much we agree with all these weird ones. And we're obviously bucking the trend on a whole ton of these. We are uh, very heavy on low percentage plays this week. Let's just say that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I knew that cause just from, like I said, going to those uh, ESPN pigskin picking percentages just straight up uh, that I, I know just from looking at that, that our, our spread picks are, are going to be on the underdog side, which is, uh, it, that's just how I came down with a lot of these things. A lot of them were like coin flips, like 50-50, and I'm like, eh, I don't know. Uh, so I, I came to my conclusions in, in some different ways than I normally do. Like I said, I put a lot more emphasis on injuries than I, than I tried to. Uh, yeah, and, uh, it made a difference for me with San Fran and Seattle. Um, it really, it really makes a difference for me with Houston. Um, with all those, with, with you know, losing the tight end, losing Dell, who we had. Oh man, yeah. Um, I like. I, I would. Houston's one of those teams that has been surprising that I would not hate to see in the playoffs. They'd at least be fun. Um, I think so. And I think they've kind of earned it. You know, C.J. Stroud really is that good and looks that good so far, um, where it wouldn't be offensive to me if they made the playoffs like it would be if the Colts made the playoffs. <laughs> or the Steelers. Yeah. 
uh, uh, the Steelers just found ways to win all those games, and we just yeah. knew, like, come on, like, no, and then, they, and then they lose to the Cardinals and the Patriots <laughs> in back-to-back weeks. And in this knee-jerk world, that has made me see a couple of uh, items online that says the Steelers are done, are going to be done with Mike Tomlin. Like they need to fire Mike remember, Tomlin. Yeah. Do you not remember the last few weeks before that, where right. he was just winning all these games that they they were getting outgained in every single game and winning? Let's let's though take a moment to appreciate the Steelers' slipperiness. They lost twenty-four to ten at home to the Cardinals and managed to not get a single award or mention from us in doing so. Yeah, that game was just. Ugh. And that was like the Baby Terminator revenge tour. Sure. Yeah, there there was kind of nothing to talk about there. It was just, it was over. Like you look up and oh, it's, they're done. They went the <laughs> Baby Terminator went off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there's kind of nothing, <laughs> nothing, nothing to see here, folks. <laughs> Man, but for Arizona, you know, all those sneaky covers they gave me, and I jumped off of them the week before. I should have. Man, do you see the news item Didn't today about the uh, uh, speaking of nothing to see here about uh, the the investigation to the Bengals and and the Joe Burrow what a risk joke. thing? What a <laughs> nothing joke. to see I here. Saw you, I saw it, and then I saw you responded to it, but uh, they obviously have to move off of that now because they have to bury this T.J. Watt thing, who clearly was concussed who, uh, Thursday who's night. Who's dumplings to the point where they put a darker visor on him? Nothing in the middle of here. the game, they changed his visor. Did you see that? Uh-huh. I and then the day after the game, he goes into concussion protocol. <laughs> nice. Or two days stars. after, I should say. Two days later, you go into Glad concussion protocol. Star. Mm-hmm. I, I guess. I, I guess. That's, that's just star treatment. That's all that is. Man, good enough but to that's believe. What, that's that should be Joe the Burrow star treatment. The star treatment should be more care. <laughs> not less. This is the NFL. It's a meat grinder. They don't care about the players at all. No, so not, not at all. Star treatment is keep the stars out there to keep the ratings up, to keep the owners rich. That's all that matters. That's what star treatment is in the NFL. Keep the stars on the field, no matter what. That's Joe Burrow. That was star treatment. Keep the guy under center. Don't tell anybody that he's got a hurt hand. And when the team accidentally uh, – Releases video showing that he's got a splint on his hand before he gets off when he gets off the plane. Uh, delete the video and scrub it and act right. like nobody saw anything. What Nothing are we talking to about? see here. Move along, please. Um, what splint? What do you, What do you mean? What What are you talking about? No, uh, that that was. Yeah, of course, yeah. It's got to love a league that investigates itself. This We're is what fine. the FBI does, right? This is what the cops do. The NFL has investigated itself and determined that it's fine. Right. Internal affairs looked into it, and uh, the, the shooting, perfectly fine. The officer-involved shooting uh-huh. was perfectly fine. We, uh, we had another one of those down here in Memphis, uh, maybe late for work, that shut down the uh, the interstate. Oh. Uh, where, yeah, I, I didn't know what it was, but then reading about it, it's like, oh, it's because someone tried to steal a car at 3 a.m., and uh, when the, when the cops uh, put up the the rumble strips and popped his tires and uh, he got out the car and allegedly pulled a gun and the cops uh, gunned him down there they didn't oh, gun him okay. down but they they, they, they did him. shoot him yes did he die that, no he didn't die if they died that's gun oh, okay. gun him down but he didn't die yeah. I don't believe well, if they died it's probably national news mm, I don't know it's 
kind of common when the uh, you know officer involved shootings. That's that's the uh, that's the term that gets used. Okay. But it kind of happens uh, kind of often, uh, more okay. than people more than people realize. Well, I mean, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, they shouldn't be just shooting people though. We should. But if but that's... if the guy pulled a gun, it, it, uh-huh. who knows? If he did, who it. knows? Could have been trying to go the old suicide by cop. We we don't know. We don't have the the body cam footage. We we actually don't know. Um, that that's the whole thing to me is we never have the body cam footage because the body cam footage always miraculously malfunctions at the time. Wait, of the you, incident. You, oh, oh, it's like the 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 cell block cameras for for Epstein. <laughs> just magically went out. Just I don't oh, know how the it cameras happened. just shut off. Oh, what happened? What? Like all the uh, all the street cameras in Russia. Anytime somebody who uh, is a Putin uh, opponent is walking yeah. down the street, and all of a sudden all those cameras just stopped working. How'd that happen? What happened? Hey, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> Amazing how that works. Oh man. Okay. Uh, we we weren't going to talk for three hours, and now we're starting on a whole. Nother, no, it's uh, okay. Let let let's. Ra- I'm like, okay, let's wrap it up. Otherwise, we're just going to get <laughs> just going to get worked up to the point where yeah. this is going to go. Yeah. So we better just you know nip it in the bud. Get get some sleep. I got a long day tomorrow. Uh, Pokey Grant. We're getting ready for the card show. We're, we're we're taking his collection and seeing if we can turn some profit. And okay. That's next week. So we got our work to do. To you know we're. You know, pricing things and getting ready. He's excited for that because he knows that the proceeds from that go right back into more product. Right. All right. Well, best of luck with that. Yeah, that'll be Saturday. So that's why it's like, oh, man, we're doing a Friday night show. Oh, okay. And I got to get up at like 4 a.m. on <laughs> Saturday to drive to Green Bay. Wow. Because that's where the show is. Right. It's only an hour uh, and a half away, but. Like we said, uh, if it's if push comes to show, we can always uh, bang out the the games on Twitter um, for the Saturday games and just yeah. do a Saturday show if uh, if it gets to that. So just let me. It wouldn't know. be too bad because it's not like we're doing a ten p. If, if we were doing a ten p.m. show, I'd probably say no. But if, if a nine o'clock show, we can be done at eleven. I probably won't be around much for an after show, and get to bed and you know still get five or six hours of sleep. I'll be fine. Okay. So. All right, I got some. I got some catching up to do. I got it down to six. Lost on Thursday, and uh, hopefully I can pull a few more, pull three more of these away from you tomorrow, and catch up. With, you know, gain another game on you. Yeah, amazing. We're only different on four. Like I said, I finished these picks, and I'm like, oh, this is this is some crazy shit I got going here. There's no way. Well, that's and what I you, thought you. when I made my picks. <laughs> you're right along with me on some of these crazy picks. So there you go. All right, we'll see how that all works out tomorrow. Uh, Everybody enjoy your football week 14 in the NFL as the season rolls along. He is Jay. I am Dre. This has been in much less detail the podcast. Thank you all for listening, especially uh, the IT department, Jay's mom, who we always thank and love very much. And we will talk to you next Friday to get ready for week 15 in the NFL. Talk to you then.